Hey everybody, Ryan Molly, and this is such a, a very cool guest this week. It's actually my neighbor, Dr. Kimberly Mesha. Uh, she's classically trained as an internal medicine doctor, but she now owns and operates Spago, which is a medical spa, and it's not just any medical spa. It's a really cool, but down-to-earth, but scientifically-based medical spa here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, you got to want to stay tuned, hear her story. Great family, great background. Uh, she's a cancer survivor, and we just found out we are going to be vacationing together in you know, Sedona here for spring break of 2024. So super excited. Stick around the whole episode. Remember, at the end, we have the Sawbones Challenge. So uh, stay classy. See you soon. Everybody, Dr. Ryan Molly here, and welcome to Hey Saw Bones, my story, my passion. Again, I'm your host, orthopedic surgeon, cutter of bones, entrepreneur, business owner, and most importantly, loving husband, father of three very busy boys. And tonight, I'm uh, quite excited about this guest. Uh, been talking to her for probably the last month or so, trying to coordinate a date to get this on the books, and. Uh, she, to date, has had to travel the least amount of distance to get here because she's one of my neighbors. And she's an amazing uh, individual, uh, loving wife, has multiple children. We're going to get here and learn more about the, the family, but she's also a physician. Uh, so this is, I think, our fourth physician that we've had on here. And at one point, we had more uh, mm -hmm. attorneys than physicians, but now the physicians kind of overtook the attorneys, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> all the love out there to all the attorneys. But uh, without further ado... Mm -hmm. Dr. Kim Mesha. Well, hello. Welcome. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So um, as we kind of went through a little bit before, uh, yeah. our viewers, the, the most important thing that we want to get out of this first part is like, who's Kim Mesha? Who yeah. are you? Where are you from? Yeah. Uh, a little bit about your background, kind of your family, maybe some of your educational uh, highlights, you right. know, where'd you go to high school, undergrad, med school, residency? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in Newport News, Virginia. Um, if you don't know where that is. It's near Virginia Beach and Williamsburg and um, just had a normal life. No physicians in my family, but my grandparents were heavily involved volunteering in the emergency room 
as they were retiring. And those were the days when you could actually stitch up somebody when you didn't have a medical degree or any, you know, that we just did not have that litigious, you know, atmosphere that we do now in medicine. So they got to do a lot and I got to see a lot there. Um, and um, basically, I uh, always thought medicine was kind of cool from the beginning, but never thought I would actually do it. So I actually, um, you know, went to high school with um, a year behind Mike Tomlin at Denby High School. Oh, my goodness. And yeah, he was a receiver, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And now the coach of um, Steelers, Steelers. And yeah. yep. So um, a lot of my friends were friends with him. Um, and then anyway, that's my claim to fame. That's it. Um, then I went to do, George. Do you know him like personally? No, no. I'm sure I've met him when I was in high school, but didn't know he was going to be famous one Tomlin day. On so it podcast. never. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? I know. I have to ask some of my friends from school. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great what he did. I mean, I think he's just an incredible um, guy, but I didn't know him personally. Sure. Um, good friends with a lot of my friends, though, that were a year older than me in school. Yeah. Yeah. So really cool background. That is my claim to fame. Um, and then I went to George Mason undergrad and that's in fair, um, Fairfax, Virginia did not. How still, far from home? About that... two and a half hours. Okay. So yeah, I would, um, commute, you know, well, you know, and just then stay there. That was next to DC. So that's a fun place to be anyway. So yeah. I got to see a lot of things and, um, uh, basically I didn't know, I probably went to psychology or something and then changed to undecided. Wait, and you don't even know your undergrad major? No, no. I think I started as like psychology. I didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. Yeah. It's totally open. Just undecided. Just undecided. Um, started taking some science courses later on. I'm like, this is really cool stuff. And I just loved science and, um, I didn't choose pre-med until my junior year. Wow. And then I had some work to do. You and I both, I was a very late yeah. to the medicine world. Yeah. You were too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to go to chiropractic school, but yeah. 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 It's a little pathway. It can, it doesn't have to be a straight pathway and mine. Very definitely few times is it, right? No, no. Yeah. It meanders and there's oh, yeah. curveballs thrown your way. There's forks in the road. Sometimes oh, you go down yeah. the fork, you realize that's not where I want to go and you come back or. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I was on the four and a half year plan undergrad and you know, when I decided and, um, and then I researched for a year and a half at NIH Okay. after that. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and then, uh, had applied to medical school and then, um, went to UVA in Charlottesville and did my residency there too. And I did internal medicine. I almost did my fellowship at UVA. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was my second choice. Yeah. Yeah. UVA's, um, it was a neat area. Um, and, and that's where I met my future husband. He was a pathology resident there. So, um, we, uh, liked Erie. He liked the practice here and that's what brought us to Erie. And I think it's an amazing community. Where is Brett from? He's from Rochester, New York. I knew yeah. that. Yeah. Cause one of my best friends who is also a physician down at Virginia tech is from Rochester. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He went to Arondequoit high school. What, what about Brett? Yeah. He was at, um, Chai Wai. Okay. I think, yeah. One yeah. of those, I think West Chai Does he say or something like, like that? Rochester? Like I feel like no. a lot of people there say no, Rochester. No, he doesn't. He, he just it. calls he just calls it Rochester. Okay, which is interesting. I, maybe I should listen more closely, but have it doesn't you heard sound people funny say to it me. That way? Yes, okay. I have. Yeah, yeah, like almost like the Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't. It it doesn't stand out to me as something different when he says it. But so yeah. what, when did you guys meet? Like what year? Um, I I was a fourth year medical student. He was a first year pathology resident, and so we met Please there. Tell me you weren't doing a pathology rotation. Well, I had. Really? And that's, there's a long 
circuitous story behind this, but yes. Okay. And um, but we we published a paper about malaria together, and oh. that's um, long and short how um, we ended up dating that's eventually. A, that's a love story right there. The malaria marriage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well. So yeah, we had a malaria patient, and there um, actually they were teeming with malaria. Um, parasite like par- they call it a parasitemia that we could actually see on their cbc it's a scatter wow. plot printout and so you actually got you could actually see the the load of the, the did, did this parasite. get published yeah yeah so is that like hanging in your house somewhere no with your... it probably should be because <laughs> your maiden name would have been on there right that's no cool yes my maiden name's on there yeah yeah um so, so yeah that was pretty cool but that was med school Right. Yes, that's correct. Yep. Okay. And then how did yep. you determine that you wanted to go into internal medicine? Yeah. I mean, that was something I actually was on the interview trail for dermatology and had already written a dermatology um, just help book for residents by that time. Um, and uh, then at, by that at that point in time, um, we were engaged, I think, to be married, but okay. he was going to stay in Charlottesville. So I had to make a decision. Okay. I want to stay in Charlottesville. The places that I was looking for dermatology were outside of Charlottesville. And basically, um, I asked the program director at UVA if I could stay there and just do internal medicine. And I stopped interviewing for dermatology and uh, did an internal medicine residency, which was my second choice anyway. Sure. And I knew already that in practice, you could practice dermatology as a general practitioner. Sure, yeah. So... Even when I moved to Erie and uh, eventually was in a uh, private practice, I brought procedures there. Okay. Um, and so you're just always kind of interested in that. Always did it. Always did Because I yeah. know where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and you'd think it would be a leap, but it's, yeah. Well, I mean, now that I hear that background with dermatology, it seems yeah. like a very natural transition. Well, it was always some, something that I actually just enjoyed. Um, and even the dermatologic aspect, um, just simply because the diagnostic skills that these people gain from just visual observation, which I'm a very visual person. I'm a lot very much into art, that type of thing. So, um, it was a natural segue for me, but, um, this is a little bit of a different course. And I had, you know, really practiced internal medicine for the most part during my time in Erie. And then with, um, you know, about my cancer diagnosis and family members with cancer and things like that. And, uh, full circle, I had to decide, you know, you, you start reevaluating your life and, yeah. and it, it came back to, Hey, what makes me happy? Yeah. And, um, one of them, which might, uh, I think you and I have a lot in common with each other is that, you know, one thing that makes me really happy is not working for someone else. Yeah. Autonomy. Autonomy. And so I'm always looking to you. Autonomy. We've had so much education. When someone tells you how to do something and it's not, you know, it's not the right way and you are powerless to say something. Yeah. Um, you have to make a decision. And, and I personally, I love, I'm always watching you from afar and just enjoy seeing your business thrive and you did it all yourself and you're, you've kind of broken away from that hospital institution with people telling you what to do. Now, you know, as a doctor, you know best how to run your OR. Yeah. And um, so I'm anxious to hear a little bit more about you and how that's all set up and how you're able to do that. But um, I, I hope that this starts a new wave of physicians becoming more independent and, and um, really regaining that autonomy that we've completely lost um, with the way medicines become. <sighs> 
Kim Mesha. Right? I mean, we need to collaborate more <laughs> because that is honestly one of my big passions in life, yeah. uh, aside from doing orthopedic surgery and mm-hmm. hosting podcasts. But um, <laughs> my philosophy is, is like, well, we're doing one podcast. Why shouldn't yeah. we start a second? So getting ready, little sneak peek, uh, <laughs> teaser, not telling you the name just yet, but we will be okay. starting kind of like a, a truly medically oriented yeah. podcast for other physicians um, that are looking or, or really exploring that autonomy of private practice Excellent. because that pendulum has swung so far to one side, but oh, yeah. just stay tuned. We'll, we'll give you some more That's on that. That's fantastic. Later. And I think there's hope yeah. because I see people like you um, yeah. doing this. I mean, it's not easy. You, no. you know this. And by the way, it's Kim, not. and we're, we're going to get into this with the personal questions. Um, I love giving plugs out there to, to local businesses, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, people that are, I know personally, and Kim is the owner I'm assuming CEO president of mm-hmm. Spago, which is a medical spa, probably half a mile to a mile down the road from our subdivision here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife has been a patient of yours for. Probably, I can't say that. You can say it, but that's I, I a can. hip of yeah, violation. And she would say that too, <laughs> right? But um, yep. yeah, you do amazing work, and you know awesome. that's we're going to get into some of that with the with the questions. So, yeah. at this point, yes. are you thirsty? Why not? <laughs> More like wine, not. <laughs> Why <right>? not? <laughs> so uh, the funny thing is I, I ask him, you know, all my guests, I ask them, hey, what what's your favorite drink? Where are some sneakers that are meaningful know. to you? And she goes, uh, favorite drink, lemon drops. I'm like, and this is all through text message. And I'm like, that's a shot. I'm like, Kim, no, you can have them as a drink. <laughs> yeah, just a real tiny one you just sip on. I'm like picturing like just doing shots oh, on the no. podcast. And I'm like. Do you like wine? Although that's a smart idea to start out a podcast, but it might go astray. Yeah. Well, maybe we should start that before we start filming, kind of yes. like ease yeah. the tension a little. Yeah. So tonight, one. I'm excited about this wine. Um, this is the first bottle that I've actually had um, personally here, and I ordered this online. So it's called Clio. This is a Spanish wine. Oh, neat. I had this back in 2020. Um, when I first started going to Edgewood Surgical Hospital, um, we had a, a wine club dinner with myself, uh, my business partners, Kirk Gramley, uh, Kevin Gramley, and Ron Prezant. Ron Prezant is an anesthesia doctor. So each of us brought a, a wine, and they gave me all the wines ahead of time. And then I had, you know, T- Tammy Lynn Fox yes. locally, yes. Uh, Global Kitchen. Absolutely. She's so great. She, I gave her the wine list. She paired food with that. And then I had each of us write up a description of each wine, a couple paragraphs like about the vineyard, but then also about this particular, you know, blend. So um, this is Clio. It's, it's a Spanish wine. Uh, Technically, I don't even know. It's, it's not, um, it's not like a Tempranillo or anything like that, but I'll tell you what it is. It's really good. All right. I'm anxious to try it. Okay. Great. Oh, look at you. You've got the whole setup here, Ryan. This is amazing. We, this, I'm not a rookie here. Can this I? is... <laughs> Please tell me you did not build this, though. Yes, did, I whitt- you whittled, that. whittled this out of, you one piece of one piece of wood. <laughs> no, I didn't build that. <laughs> that I actually ordered. That's a sneak little table there. So. <laughs> An eerie PA class. Yeah, you got to support, right? So there's a lot of haters out there with eerie. And it's <laughs> oh, like, I love eerie. If you're going to live someplace... You might as well embrace it and yeah. enjoy it, right? Thank you. You're welcome. Give this a try. 
And um, absolutely. Well, and Erie's got a lot to offer, and I appreciate the little bubble we live in right now with everything else that's going on elsewhere. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> gotta appreciate it. That's a beautiful so, bottle, too. So, cheers. Cheers. This is great. Salut. Okay, so. Nice. Yeah, I think it'll get better. That's too. tasty. Right, it'll open that up a little bit. It's a 2020. Um, so love it. Little little young. I think a little mm. bit a little bit of air in there over the next hour will it'll improve. I think okay. it's fantastic. So as the podcast goes, yep. um, six questions. I asked my guests to ask me uh, yeah. three business questions first, then three personal. Okay. Then we'll turn the tables. I'll ask you three business, then pre- three personal. Um, I, right. I always have to say this, but. Uh, you have the opportunity to veto one question if you, you don't feel comfortable answering it. Oh, that's it. funny. Okay. But, but you would be the first ever. So <laughs> okay, no, that's good to know as no well. No pressure, Kim. <laughs> okay. So fire away, business. Yeah, well, a good segue into what we were already talking about is what inspired you to start Whole Health, The whole, it's Whole Joint. Whole, 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 whole Health, Health Orthopedic Institute. Orthopedic Institute. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very interested in that the whole thing yeah so uh this may be a little redundant for some people out there that have heard previous episodes but that's okay because um you haven't maybe heard this so whole health was uh, in 2013 Mm -hmm. uh, my best friend jared oaks he's a real estate attorney in cleveland ohio we grew up together went to undergrad together high school together taught sunday school together went to uh, undergrad at mercyhurst together he ended up going to um he's a year ahead of me Ended up going to law school at Case Western Reserve in, in Cleveland. Ended mm-hmm. up meeting a girl from Michigan who lived, you know, right in the same uh, house as he did. Oh my um, and they got married and then they decided to stay in Cleveland. So, it, and I was in Michigan at that time, married a girl from Michigan. But yes. my, my practice for the first four and a half, five years was in Michigan. And we were at that point where we're both kind of like four or five years into our career and we're kind of reflecting mm-hmm. after a pretty long, arduous education right yeah. undergrad med school oh, yeah. residency all, all that and uh for him kind of the same thing law school and then yeah. being a, a young junior attorney and kind of working his way up right but we get to this point in our careers where we're like there's got to be more to this right and mm-hmm. i i feel like i i can offer more than just putting metal and plastic into yep. people so and we were talking about chronic disease and we were talking yeah. about uh, the pandemic of uh, or the epidemic of obesity, um, diabetes, um, malnutrition, all, all these things. Yes. And how important for like future generations, our children, our children's children, mm-hmm. to try to teach them better ways to live. So we created, mm-hmm. um, it, it wasn't, it was whole health communities. Wow. And it was a massive, massive project. Um, we were going to base our, our first project out of Michigan, Metro Detroit. We looked at between 50 and 60 sites in Michigan mm-hmm. land uh, that were somewhere between 300 and 500 acres. Oh my and we were going to develop a wellness community. There was going to be a medical component that I would kind of been in charge of yeah. um, called Complete Care. I would have had an orthopedic practice there. Right. Uh, we would have had a surgery center there, but we, we had like a little downtown area. We had a little, not necessarily like an elementary school, but like mm-hmm. pre preschool stuff like yeah. that to develop just kind of like basic good habits, very young age, yeah. farm to table. We The the final wow. plot that we uh, settled on yeah. was right next to uh, a metro park. So it, it had a lot of activity, mm-hmm. a huge trail that went all, all the way around the lake. And uh, there was mm-hmm. a canal district where we had brownstone apartments that had 
we pictured attorneys' offices, accountants, maybe a bakery. It f- had a very oh European feel mm-hmm. with like cobblestone pathways and and just more natural. And um, a year later, and we we put a whole business. This was a two hundred ninety two million dollar wow. endeavor, and obviously we weren't going to be able to fund it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was a great exercise because we put a business plan together. Yeah, um, We went to angel investors, venture capitalists, and other companies that we thought would be interested. And there mm-hmm. was a tremendous amount of interest, but we were young, unproven. And literally like a year later, um, Jerry got a new job at a new law firm, and I mm-hmm. moved to Erie, Pennsylvania to, yeah. to practice in Meadville. So it kind of got put yeah. on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And then um, after a couple of years in Meadville, at the, the original practice that I was mm-hmm. an employee of, I wasn't hospital employed, but I was, right. uh, it was a private practice. Um, I was like, I got to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So kind of broke away. And yeah. I said to Jared, Jared, would you mind if I use the name Whole Health? Because it fits very much in like the mantra of what I'm trying to create, yeah. which is like, a complete package. It's not just come to me with your bad hip or bad knee and I cut you up and put metal and plastic in. It it really focuses on perioperative optimization, pre-op mm-hmm. optimization, making sure that we can help people. Not just saying you're overweight, you're diabetic, yes. you smoke, you're malnourished, fix all those things and come back and then I'll operate on you. Yeah. I wanted to be like the one-stop shop where we could help support that. Perfect. Through That's like, great. You know, yep dietary things. So that's really what inspired whole health. That's great. Um, And that you're talking about the perioperative too. And I hear, hear different things because now I've seen a lot of people that you've treated and they love you and they, I've heard different post-operative programs that you've taken your patients through. And I was just kind of very interested in if you know, if what I heard was always the same for each person or what you typically do for somebody it's it's pretty similar mm-hmm. um i would say 90 95 percent of the time our protocols post-operatively are the same and it requires a lot of rest um, yeah and it's soft tissue rest because mm-hmm. quite honestly when we do joint replacements um yeah. the, the reason that they have so much pain before surgery is because they're rubbing bone on bone tons yeah. of nerve endings yeah when we finish there's no more bone rubbing on bone the implants are well fixed to the bone yeah. so there's no pain there and metals rubbing on plastic or ceramic, so there's no pain there. So any pain after a, a joint replacement is 100% soft tissue related, yeah. all surgically induced trauma. Mm-hmm. And y- you wouldn't do any type of like, you know, I, I use the analogy of breaking your arm or getting a big gash in your leg and, and like trying to manipulate that right, right. away. You got to let it cool down. Absolutely. Let the soft tissues kind of subside that uh, initial inflammatory cascade or response mm-hmm. and allow the tissues to really just kind of calm down before you do too much now mm-hmm. we aren't doing nothing they're okay. moving their knee and they're getting up and walking every couple hours but 80 percent of the time they're flat on the back with their, their backs with their feet above their heart to help to col- control swelling swelling is our enemy that's true so yeah. if we can yeah. control swelling and control the inflammatory cascade mm-hmm. these people have significantly less pain their range of motion improves so much more rapidly yeah uh, we prevent blood clots because we're actually elevating their feet above their their hearts mm-hmm. and um and I've done it both ways, so I, I truly have the ability to kind of look at how, how we would have done what's called rapid recovery, like right. get up, get moving, go to work. Yeah, but, that's the traditional you, that you hear yeah, about. And people are still doing it for whatever reason, right? Because yeah. it's just what they were taught. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this is very different, and um, I can tell you it works. Yeah, Patients don't necessarily love li- uh, living on their back for the first three weeks, but mm-hmm. 
I always joke with them. I said, no one's going to pass away from living on their back for three weeks. Get some good books. Get some good movies. Yeah. Rest during this period. Weeks three to six, we'll advance your activities a little bit more. We'll cut the time on your back in half. Get you into outpatient therapy if you're a knee. Move you to phase two of the home exercise protocol. And by week six, if they follow the protocol, there's no restrictions. They go do whatever the heck they want to do. That's great. And so, and how have you seen this um, improve your outcomes as opposed to the traditional way when you hear people just get up and go and. Yeah. So um, originally when these people were coming in, I mean, their knees were red, hot, Mm -hmm. swollen, inflamed, tight, Mm -hmm. painful. They were just miserable patients. And I just kind of assumed that's a total knee. Yeah. Right. So you just kind of say, well, sorry, this is what you signed up for. Yeah. They'll get aggressive PT the first day. Oh yeah. It's like ripping a scab off every time they go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very painful. Or punching a bruise. So now when I see them come in at three weeks, um, they're not a hundred percent by any means, but they're so much less painful, less swollen, so much less red Mm -hmm. in duration is significantly less. Their range of motion is substantially improved and they're just happier generalized yes. happier okay patients. yeah so the, basically at that three-week point you're going to see a big difference between those two it is um people. to me it's actually more rapid yeah than the yeah. rapid well, recovery it sounds like absolutely yeah. absolutely just, it doesn't it, it doesn't sound like it will be to people when they're like i have to lay down my yeah. so-and-so got up and got moving right away right. i'm like yeah and they also had their incision split open and yeah. had to go back to the or and then they got stiff because they were doing too much too soon right and kind of pissing the wound off right yeah. and, and and the scar tissue and you're probably getting them walking frequently enough that you're not seeing an increase in blood clots yeah doing no what you're doing either. they're getting up and walking every couple right. hours for 15 to 20 minutes they're using ambulatory scds they're using um uh calf pumps as or calf pumps Compression socks, the elevation, in my opinion, is the most important thing yeah. above the heart because you're using gravity. And then uh, simple chemo prophylaxis with a baby aspirin twice a day. Perfect. So. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah, I was very curious about that. Yeah, I had some other questions for you, too. I'm just trying to think of what they were. Um, you get one more business and three more personal. More business. Not, that, not that I'm keeping track okay. or anything. Okay, I know. I, you know, I'm just thinking, you just opened up a satellite location in Yorktown Plaza, um, right? Not not Yorktown, but uh, in Erie. Somewhere in Erie. Yeah, so it's it's off of uh, West 12th and Marshall. And Marshall, okay. You know where that is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like the last road that goes through, I guess Powell turns into it. Okay, If you follow yeah, it down yeah. through the airport there. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we opened it in December and it, mm-hmm. we've like already outgrown it. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do you do there? So I don't do anything there. I don't, I've never seen a patient there. <laughs> really? No. Um, I think we have five exam rooms there, so it's mm-hmm. a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we have a full time orthopedic PA, Julia Casio. Right. Uh, she's from Cory, Pennsylvania. Give Julia a shout out. Um, mm-hmm. She was at Hammett for a decade doing orthopedics. So she's not right. new to orthopedics at all. And then we have Dr. Sion is based mm-hmm. out of there. He does a couple days a week there. And, and then Dr. Daniel Milam is there. Okay. So they both um, are. Dan is, um, Dr. Milam is, is is a sports med doc. So he mm-hmm. does a lot of arthroscopic work of the knee, of the shoulder. He does do total knee replacements, um, does a lot of arthroscopic rotator cuff repairs. Dr. Sion mm-hmm. is kind of our shoulder replacement expert. But he yeah. also does a lot of shoulder arthroscopy, rotator cuff repairs, uh, bicep tendon repairs. Wow. Uh, they both do like hand uh, surgery as nice. well. So. And they're operating in Erie. No, they actually operate. We all operate and do 100% of our cases uh, cases down at Edgewood Surgical Hospital, which okay. is um, 
one of the biggest blessings that I've ever had in my life. It's halfway between Greenville and Sharon, and it is purely an orthopedic hospital with a little sprinkle of eyes, so a little ophthalmology. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah, great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So personal so stuff. Next, personal stuff. I get to ask you. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, what do we want to know about Ryan that hasn't been on a prior podcast? <laughs> I don't even know how many siblings you have. So I have uh, three older sisters. Allison, um, she is, gosh, probably early 50s, maybe 52-ish. Um, she works at Allegheny College. She originally went to Fredonia for undergrad, was a, a music, like vocal performance uh, mm -hmm. pianist, and um, right out of college went to Nashville to try to make mm -hmm. it big Goodness, yes. in the country music industry. Mm -hmm. uh, amazingly talented w with her, her musical abilities. Um, she was down there for about a year and a half or so, then came back, um, got married, started raising her two children. Mm -hmm. She was the uh, choir director organist at St. Titus Church oh. in Titusville for, gosh, probably 15 to 20 years, mm. and then um, taught private piano and voice lessons. Mm. Uh, up to this date, she still does that. Uh, very limited now, though. It's like her existing clients. She's not taking any new, right. um, any, any new uh, students on, but that's kind of her passion. Um, she now works at Allegheny College. I think she's in the admissions mm. department. That's um, great. Her husband, Jeff, uh, just recently retired. He, he did Tool and Die. Uh, Lydia, her oh. older daughter's at, at Allegheny, a sophomore there. And then their son, right. um, Luke, uh, just graduated from the Marine Corps. He's my godson, so I'm super my proud of him. Goodness. Shannon, middle sister, um, she is, I believe, 50 this year. And oh. she um, went to Clarion University, an uh, elementary education major, met her husband, uh, Chris Plosky, uh, in high school. They have been high school sweethearts, got married, uh, oh. I think, while in college. And uh, they have uh, – Chris actually works with me. So he is okay. um, my Medacta rep. So Medacta is uh, the orthopedic company that I use for my implants. Okay. It's a Swiss-based company, but huge shout-out to Chris. I mean, he is uh, by far and away one of the That's best reps I've ever had. goes above and beyond um, to do the little things like That's mopping – like today he was mopping the floor. I'm like – it's not part of his job description, but he's no. he's he's helping the team. Yeah, exactly. Like you gotta. There's no job too small That's for right. any of us, myself That's included. That's right. Uh, Shannon is yeah. now um, a elementary teacher. I think she's a reading specialist at Maplewood, which is where we all went to under or uh, elementary and in, in high school. Okay. Um, they live uh, right in Townville, kind of where we grew up as as kids. They have three great kids. Jenna's the oldest. She went to Fredonia, where my <laughs> oldest sister went. She is a musical therapist um, down in the, wow. uh, she's in Virginia, actually, close to Washington, D.C. Okay. Actually, where did you go to undergrad? George Mason. Which is in what city? Fairfax. Okay. I yeah. think it's right by there. It's, okay. It's all pretty close. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, my nephew, their middle child, Joel, he is just starting law school in Washington, oh D.C. Oh, goodness. At American University. And um, he's wicked smart. He did undergrad, pre-law in like, two and a half, three years oh, while working like two full-time jobs. By the way, he was at the Chautauqua Institute managing stuff there for like mm. through the summers. And uh, his first year was job. a COVID year. And he did that while he was at our lake house, which we no longer have, which you no longer have your lake house either. Yes. But 
he stayed upstairs from our uh, that garage, like the barn. That's so nice. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> their youngest is Jordan. She is a sophomore now at uh, Pitt. Oh. She is a uh, pharmacy um, going into their pharmacy program. Mm. She's also wicked smart. She's my goddaughter, so. You know, she Neat. holds a very special place in my heart and our boys, they love all their, you know, cousins, yeah. but like yeah. Jordan and Anthony have like a special relationship. That's and then my youngest sister, who's still older than me, Kristen, um, she was, how old is she? So she's two and a half years older than me. So she's like 47. And um, her husband, Justin, is an engineer up here in Erie. I'm not sure what company mm-hmm. he's with now, but um she is a phys ed teacher down in Meadville at Calvary, mm-hmm. Calvary Christian, I believe. It used to be Calvary Baptist. Five kids. Nathan's the oldest. Yeah. He is uh, two years out from high school, uh, started at Grove City, had some career changes, but really wants to become like a lineman, like an electrical lineman. Oh Honestly, the, one of the greatest kids I've ever met. Wow. He's such a, a nice young gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's considering maybe going to the Air Force. His... Uh, Cousin Luke, who they're the same age, graduated together, played high school basketball against each other. It was That's fun. Great. And they're tall, too. They're like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, much taller mm-hmm. than me. Um, then Natalie is her second. She is a junior at Calvary, plays volleyball. Um, Anna, she is a freshman at Calvary, plays volleyball. My sister's the volleyball coach. Oh, my gosh. Um, my, my sister played. She was a very good athlete. She played um Basketball and volleyball in high school and then played college basketball at Mercyhurst here. And we overlapped one year, my freshman year and her senior year. And then they have two young boys, which is great for our boys, um, Andrew and Nicholas. And Andrew, I believe, is, I want to say he's 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And then Nicholas, I think, is, uh, he's got to be like seven. Yeah, he's seven. And they're, they're wild and crazy, just like our boys. That's so. great. Now, are your parents still in Meadville? Parents or? still live in the house that, you know, they built and that we all grew up in. And my yeah. three sisters uh, live, you know, very, very close, all nice. within maybe 10 to 15 minutes top from my parents. So they're very much involved. Uh, my mom just texted me earlier today. She's like, hey, what's Anthony's schedule like for flag mm-hmm. football this weekend? We'd like Aww. to get up. And, and so 13 grandkids so nice. in all. Um, they're, they're loving life. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you go into medicine? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> everybody is like teachers in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad was a teacher in Meadville mm. at the junior high, taught uh, math and computers for 32 years. Okay. Um, my th- three older sisters are teachers to some capacity. Yeah. Um, multiple aunts that were teachers, uh, lots of family friends that were teachers, my wife, teacher, yeah. you know, so it's just like education is really like the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to think and say that I'm a, um, I'm a teacher that also happens to do hip and knee replacements. Great. Um, but my influence was really medically, there was no one other than my cousin, Jeff Leary, who was a chiropractor and an athletic trainer in Meadville. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's pretty cool. I always loved the musculoskeletal system. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, my sister and I were out in the woods and we found this the skeleton. To this day, I don't know what animal it was. Right? We called it the red fox. It definitely wasn't a fox. But I collected all these bones. I brought them back to the house. I'm not Jeffrey Dahmer. All right. <laughs> the bone, it was all the, the soft tissue was already gone. And I came back and I put the skeleton together almost like a dinosaur exhibit at, oh my you know, at the Museum of Natural History in Pittsburgh. And it, I, I mean, I put wires in it so it could actually stand up. And it That's was like great. a school project that I did. So 
I remember like our encyclopedias, which I now have in my office at my, at my work, like looking at the human anatomy and, and yeah. just like love the musculoskeletal system. Yeah. I, I remember learning the muscles when I was very, very young. So my undergrad was sports med pre-med with the idea of going to chiropractic school and then has changed. You know, Greg Coppola? Yes, I do. So Greg Coppola yeah. is the, and by the way, I got to get him in this seat. Yes, you do. Um, he, he told me, uh, <laughs> kind of like you did, like maybe in September. He needs to make the time. Yeah. He needs to make the time. But Greg, Greg, you need to come out here. <laughs> Greg, we're calling you out. Kim's calling you out. I'm calling you out. Karen, the boys are calling you out. Um, but oh, yeah. he is the reason that I'm actually a physician because my my path was set on chiropractics. Our paths crossed when he wasn't even an ear. He, he didn't even... I didn't even know at that time he was coming to Erie. He was at Michigan State as a fellow. That's amazing. Paths crossed. He that day was like, "Why would you want to go to chiropractic school versus osteopathic school?" Said, "I don't even know what osteopathic medical school is." Yeah. He explained it. I was like, "This is exactly what I want to do." Had a primary focus on the musculoskeletal system, Um, and lo and behold, that's what I did. That's really interesting. So, That's yeah. great. And Greg's fantastic. He should come out here. He will. Is he too we'll, we'll, busy we'll get him out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's got a very interesting practice as well. He does. Oh, yeah. And I love his story too because he's gone from the employed model. Yes, he did. And he's he's now out on his own. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very busy. Very busy. Very busy. So I don't think physicians should be ever afraid to go on their own. It's that initial leap of faith, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. it does take it's not for everybody. No. Right? You know that. I know that. Right. But right. Um, there's a lot more good guys and girls out there that are in medicine that could be doing this and be a lot happier than yes. they are right now. Absolutely. Take the handcuffs off, folks. Yep. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's two personal questions, right? Is that right? two? Got oh, one my more. goodness. Um, all right. Karen's a teacher. How did you meet Karen? Match.com. <laughs> how did that happen <laughs> uh so i'm an intern which is for those that don't know that's your first year of like your your residency so first how old year, were you when you were an intern traditional so i didn't take yeah. any time off so okay. what 26 ish probably yep um and I, I moved to michigan and um i wasn't dating anybody at the time and um you know it was kind of like I knew how busy I was yeah. and I was very, very firmly committed to like orthopedics because yeah. orthopedics is very hard to get into. And yes, I was late is. to the ball game to try to get into medicine mm-hmm. and I was late to the ball game trying to get into orthopedics. So I really needed to do well. You did, yeah. Because I came in and my program director, I, I, I joked this day, he, we had two residents per year. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. called me the workhorse and he called my co-resident the show horse because the show horse was way smarter than me, at least on paper, oh, right? Yeah. Over time, I mean, and, and this this is nothing against my co-resident because he, he's wicked smart. Um, yeah. But I, it was kind of like my goal to show him that I wasn't just the workhorse, yeah. right? And and I worked my butt off. So mm-hmm. I was a big workhorse, but I also had some brains between my ears too. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, I, I didn't have a lot of time to go out and, and socialize. And Certainly not. Yeah. I was beyond the point of like going, like I was like, where am I going to meet somebody? Yeah. Right? Like I'm not, I'm not going to date somebody in the hospital. I, I never had any interest in that. Right. Um, and I wasn't going to go out to the bars. So mm-hmm. good buddy of mine, Patrick Fitzpatrick. T- tell me that's not an Irish name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> redheaded, ear, nose and throat intern the same year as me. And he's like, just go on like eHarmony or something. Match.com is this new one. And I'm like, that is like 
for desperate people. And that's where you meet like serial killers that just cut you up and put you in the fridge. And if my parents found out that I met somebody on mash.com, they would be like, so-and-so did that and they left and their husband and they live down in West Virginia now. So I was very, um, skeptical of it. Yeah. And Patrick and I went out to an Irish bar of all places. We probably had one too many beers. And that night I came home and I got the credit card out and got on match.com and and found Karen. And literally I went on two dates, both Greek girls. And, uh, the, the first one, it was literally like a 20 minute date. She was drunk out of her mind. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not going to happen. So we cut that one short and I was very skeptical to even go on a second date with anybody. Met Karen and the rest is history. That's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. that's a great story. So you ready yeah. to turn the tables here? I guess. So <laughs> I, honestly, I think asking the questions sometimes is harder than, than answering them because mm. you know mm-hmm. the answers. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's a good point. Okay. So Greg, it's okay if you come. Yeah. I just had to put the plug in. <laughs> so, okay. We know you did an internal medicine residency. Yeah. And you kind of talked um, about some some life events that occurred mm-hmm. that I'd like to know more about like the timing. Like how long did you do internal mm-hmm. medicine? Mm-hmm. And like what what was the epiphany for you to just be like, I'm done with this. Yeah. And I'm going to do this. Because, again, this is... That was a bold move on your part. Probably a move that most people thought about doing, but 99% of the people didn't do it because they were scared. Yeah. So how did that happen? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot that, that's a loaded question. Um, First of all, and you know, a lot of this goes back down to personality. So um, I've always been an ENTJ. If you know what that is, you're an extrovert, you're intuitive, you're a thinker and you're judgmental. And it's I a did very. Did not know what that was. Say say that again. It's a very actionable profile. So these this What's is a personality profile, e? and mine is E N T J. So if you ever do one of those personality assessments, okay. I forgot the formal name of those, but Jay will um, put those letters out on the screen, probably like yeah right here. And it's it's very interesting. And and going back to that, I told you I was going into undergrad as a psychology major. My mother had gone back to college and okay. done psychology, so that was kind of you know in my mind for a hot second (laughs) until I went to college and then I saw what it was about and it wasn't for me. Sure. But my personality meets the profile of a military general, um, a leader, um, you know, just that whole extrovert, being intuitive, you're a decision maker, you don't, you're not slow with putting something into action, those intuitive people, you know, something's going to be right because you just have a feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's good in medicine too. It's actually a good trait in many ways. Um, And you're a thinker instead of someone who goes on emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, So if if, um, I run across anything, I'm going to use my brain and not my heart in many situations. That's important for medicine Mm -hmm. too. Um, And um, I'm judgmental instead of a perceptive type person. So I will judge things and weigh them. To not being judgmental, like I'm judging you, I'm not judging you. 
Um, so don't ever think like that. It's Kim's, a whole different. Kim's drinking a glass of wine yeah, on a Wednesday right. night. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. When is she on her second? I'm like, I've been holding off because I'm on camera. Um, <laughs> Jay, you this can pause is a it. Fantastic wine. And the next yeah. glass will be even better. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, the way that I am made up, I don't do well with someone telling me what to do. Amen. And that's just me. And so, um, and I'm, I'm also very blessed because my husband's a physician. So I was able to take those chances and I would work. That's, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Right? And so maybe you took do. a little bit of the pressure. Yeah. Off. Yeah. I'm not diminishing like the no, risk that you took because no. that's still a risk, but like yeah. maybe that was a little bit of a security blanket. Yeah. It's a security blanket. So I know if I fail, um, you know, and, and there, there were some, you know, other opportunities that I had too, where, um, then I had to make a decision and we all think about now as we're doctors, we didn't have a MBA mm-hmm. um, and doctors are notoriously bad at business Horrible. because of that, but we need to change that. And, um, I had to think of, okay, what is our greatest asset? We're at a point now where we can invest. Um, Who knows what's going to happen with the stock market these days or our economy or so many things that are involved in that. What's our best asset? Ourselves. Yeah. And you need to invest in yourself. And in my opinion, you know, with what I already, the knowledge we've acquired from all the education that we have, um, why not put that to use and help people with it. And it's okay if we just invest in our own business mm-hmm. and do that. And you realize, and I don't think it's as physicians, we're lucky because we have that degree and that expertise. So we ha- always have something to offer to people, no matter what, what field you're working in, you've always got something to offer someone. And when it's your own business, you're going to work that much harder. It's going to be that much better quality because you're going to make sure it is. And you have control over that unlike these bean counters that are running hospitals and insurance companies and somehow insurance companies can own hospitals and all this weird stuff. Talk about a um, conflict Conflict of of interest. If I've ever heard of one, right? It's terrible. Everyone knows it, but who has the money to give lobbies to politicians? So no one's looking at it. Um, You know, all kinds of Before I forget, do do you, you, um, Senator Michelle Brooks, do you know her? No. So she's, Crawford County, Mercer County, and I think part of Lawrence County. So not Erie, but like Mm -hmm. you, I met her last Friday. Mm. She is like speaking our language, which you're speaking my language right now. I'm going to try to get her on this podcast, but um, (laughs) the political agendas out there and the way that things are played out, patients don't realize. No. And I I just love like hearing you talk about this stuff because I know who I am and and like my personality traits, but I've never like understood the psychology behind Mm, it. But mm -hmm. the the things that you were saying, that's why I was like, can you repeat that? Cause like, (laughs) yeah, that's me. We'll delve into this. That's me. Give you a personality test. Right. I I am. uh, You said the army general. You, I think, right. I hate (laughs) paralysis by analysis, right? Like you got it. You got to move. You You have to go on your intuition and make a decision. Yes. And you know what? Not all your decisions and all my decisions are going to be the right yeah. ones, and we're going to make some mistakes. Yeah. But like, once that happens, it's like no big deal. You just like okay, that as didn't work. As long as you learn from it, you, you learn from it, and you, you try it, yeah, you, and you figure a way around it. It's like yeah. okay, that didn't work. I won't do that again. Yeah, right? I'm always doing that in business too. Yeah, absolutely, and it's okay. You don't beat yourself up. You just say, hey, 
that's because we don't have MBAs. Yeah. Well, we kind of do. It is what it is. Like, now we do. The, I mean, so, we should get them. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to give you an honorary MBA after All right, this podcast. I will give you one too. We're going to print those Perfect. babies out. I have Canva. Does everyone have Canva? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, we got this. All right, you're on the diplomas. I've got some merchandise we'll work on too for this. <laughs> yes, we got this. Yeah. So kind of a second question so, that relates back to that first one though yeah. is, um, you know, you're, you mentioned kind of the business side of things and um, not not having the MBA and taking the risk and, mm-hmm. you know, all of your personality traits. But what have been some of the hardest business yeah. decision, decisions that you have learned along the way in the past several years? Oh, by oh, the way, yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off because I don't think I heard no, the rest no. of your first answer. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of gave me a little bit of it. But, like, mm-hmm. what was there a moment that you were like, I'm just done with corporate medicine and being somebody's employee um well i don't know they're they're always it's always interesting to see decision making in hospitals um uh, there was a point in time as far as moving away from the hospital setting I was I was always an independent contractor. I would never be an employee for anybody. So you were never employed. No, okay. and I always so I early on um, developed Mesha Medical LLC. Okay, and I would be an independent contractor. There's cons to that. I was able to do that because I didn't need the benefits. I didn't need the employee contracts and all the things that go along sure. with that. So I had to do my own taxes, or we had our CPA do our taxes. So there are cons to that, but the pros are, you can say. I am an independent contractor. You want me. I'm working these two days a week and that's it. Because as a female in this field, um, it's very interesting. Um, You have to give yourself breadth to grow and and to um, do what you feel you need to do as a female. And I believe there are very real differences between men and women. And there is nothing wrong with the maternal instinct and raising your children and spending the time to do that and saying, that's okay. I'm going to give myself that. So yes, I had all this education, but my priority is raising these three human beings and doing the best I can to be there for them first. That's our number one job always as, and I think mostly as a mom, I mean, it's sometimes the rules reverse but there is a true maternal instinct. And the, and the, the vast majority of the time, it's it's the mom. Absolutely. Right? And yeah. for anybody to say, no, this is all a wash and it's a societal, um, you know, manifestation that there's a difference between men and women is ridiculous. And um, we're doing everybody a disservice to say that. So in women, I, I attend as a woman. I attended a really important um, meeting while I was at UVA. Um, We had a women's medical um, doctor group and we had like older attendings and younger people and fellows and blah, blah, blah. We had people from everywhere. And I saw this overlying theme that the ones who went whole hog into their careers very early on, our cardiology girls, our surgeon girls, everything like that. A lot of those women had difficult with difficulty with balancing their lives and were not happy. And so they would be like, oh, my gosh, I'm 40 now and didn't even have a kid or make time for my family. And what I learned is women's careers naturally peak in their 50s. And so um, 
my career has always been earlier on, I would go, I was an independent contractor, so I could still have autonomy and call my hours to be with my family and do what I had to do because Brett could not leave the hospital. Right. That was like there. We would have family events or, you know, something with the kids. He cannot leave the hospital when he has to be there. He, they're so understaffed. He has to be there. Yeah. So no, no flexibility, flexibility yeah. whatsoever. It built in his schedule. So I knew that was a no go. So anyway, um, as the kids have gotten older, now I could was able to take that business and then do a doing business as for Spago Med Spa and then do my own thing. But before it was fine working, you know, a couple days a week while I was taking care of the kids. And um, but you get to see the disaster that I call these hospital institutions um, from you know, I was always in the doctor's lounge talking to other physicians about our patients and everything else. And it was always subpar equipment, subpar management. Now they've moved away from being community-based and more centralized for patient care, for um, even handling staff, HR, everything. It's a disaster. It's poorly run. Um, When you have a medical degree and you're used to things need to be right or people are going to be mismanaged and possibly very much injured, and you see the way these hospitals are run, it's it's shocking. It's shocking. So there was a point where when I was in the hospital setting, um, yeah, just like I just said, I can't. I'm not. If if you've now moved all of the administrative duties to me as a physician, and you that's how you want to use my time for whatever I'm charging an hour because I'm an hourly rate, yeah, that no, it doesn't even make sense. I'm not even going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah. it's just, this, there's lack of support. There's like, now the, the physician is everything there. It's, it's incredible. Well, and patient I mean, care what I is, have found is like in that setting yeah. and I've practiced in, in a couple different hospital settings, um, yeah. it's, it's the almighty dollar, right? It, it is. And it's like, how can we do this cheaper? How can we get more money? Yeah. How can we gain revenue? And it's like all those things are fine if the quality of care does not diminish and it improves and if the uh, patient experience is equal, if not better. I'm glad you said patient experience. But very rarely are either of those things occurring if the hospital is trying to cut costs, do it cheaper, outsource, and improve their profit margins. Right, right. And and the patient experience, which that's like whole health to its core. Yeah. Um, the the patient experience goes down. Absolutely. I mean, since COVID too. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. There's an excuse for everything now. They're still using it as excuse to not help people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the whole yeah the whole mismanagement of that. But that's a whole other side story. But um, that's a podcast in and of itself. Oh yeah. We could go there or not, but maybe we should. We should do that one day. Yeah, that would oh be like two bottles of wine. Oh my gosh, that would be like, oh. um, yeah. Um, and I was climbing the walls during that time because those same people who own the hospitals and insurance companies, well, they know nothing about medicine, and they were able to run our national health and make some calls that were not evidence based. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just. It's been yeah a very interesting journey. So yeah, so um, yeah, I told my husband going back to our store initial story that um, I wanted to just try this out. I had been doing cosmetic injectables on the side for years, and it got a little uncomfortable because it was friends of friends of friends. And then I I think I, I had one party 
that was like nine people coming in at different times, talking, drinking, cats jumping on the counter, kids coming in, all that went against every rule that I had for any injectable party I ever had, where I just realized, okay, I need a home base and an office. Yeah. And started in a small place. And you start, it's so easy. You just learn the laws of what comes in and what goes out and start somewhere where the overhead's not high. You don't go build a Taj Mahal and put millions of dollars into a location until you, well, there's many reasons not to do that, but you need to start out, you know, modestly and, and grow. Yeah. Um, not, you know. not living outside or practicing outside your means. Absolutely not. Yeah. So yeah, that, that kind of leads me into my, my next question, which is I, I feel, and I'm sure you may agree with us that as physicians, we take the Hippocratic oath. Yes. But I almost feel like patients feel as though we take an oath of not, I'm trying to figure out the way to ask this without anybody being offended. Yeah. Um, that we should never look at anything from a business perspective. Yeah. Right? That we should solely look at things mm-hmm. from a patient care perspective, which yeah, kind of we do we, anyway. We, we do, yeah. right? But at the when you own your own practice and yeah. you own your own business, and and I feel like that's like the hospital administrator's thing. They're like, mm-hmm. you just be a doctor, right? You just, you right. just uh, like they try to talk into it. Like, oh, we're, we'll worry about we'll all this stuff. Rest, but they don't, they don't take care of any of that. You anyway. just, yeah, you mm-hmm. just take care of mm-hmm. the patient. Do mm-hmm. what you love. Do what mm-hmm. you're good at. But there's all this shadiness going on behind Mm-mm. closed doors. But I almost feel this, um, this, not not with all patients, but with a certain select a subset of patients where they almost feel like if if we're trying to do something that's going to promote us from mm-hmm. a business perspective yes. or financially, that we're breaking some code, right, right, of yeah. ethics of of physicians. Mm-hmm. And I've I've thought about that before, but I know, and you you and I know because we're physicians and we took that Hippocratic oath that uh, I always believe that if you serve someone well and do the right thing, the money will come. Yeah. If you do what you love, you're treating people right, you are being honest, and you take care of them, everything's going to be fine. Especially with our degree, and so, and I know what you mean. It's like that self promotion thing. But I think when you're good at something like you are, you've got an incredible skill, you know, to the intricate level, perioperative care, you care more about just the joint your replacement. You're not a machine like you would be in the hospital. You're caring about that whole holistic approach with pre and post op and then taking care of that individual. You're really caring about those patients and the community. Um, if anyone um, says anything about you, I would say they're just not going to be your patient and that's okay <laughs> because they, they, they really should be very um, proud of you. And it doesn't make sense yeah. because we do have that as physicians. Physicians got a really bad name over COVID. There were a lot of lies. The government paid a lot of physicians to say things about that disease. And we did a lot of things to our communities that we never should have. So there's profound distrust of physicians. Now, not only that, our policymakers are lying and saying that, now we're prejudiced and we treat certain people different ways, which is absolutely not true of any doctor I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Um, and so the things that politically that's going on behind the back to um, undermine us is, is large. And that may be an attempt to undermine anybody who's educated, because if you're educated, you know that all of this is doesn't make sense. Yeah. Anything that's going on right now. Well, the first thing you said, it's come up 
and it's been stated by myself mm-hmm. or some of my other guests probably seven or eight times throughout this podcast series. And it was focus on the right goals, objectives, and reasons, like yeah. taking really good care of our patients right. first and foremost. Yeah, I treat every single one of my patients like they're my mom or my dad. And if you do that and you do it really well, the patients mm-hmm. are going to see that and the rewards will come. Mm-hmm. And like I bet you've turned people away from uh, your very expensive procedures because they weren't a good candidate. Yeah. No, I, that's the one thing right? that patients I mean, they're not realize. just saying, I'm just going to operate on you and take your money. Yeah. I, so sometimes they, they were a candidate. Mm-hmm. They did have horrible hip or knee arthritis, but I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. It may have been a personality thing yeah. where they were not. A lot of times patients are just like, hey, you're the doctor. I'm the patient. I have bad hip arthritis. Fix it. And they're, they're passive about it. I'm like, yeah. no, you need to be involved in this. Like, yes. this is a team effort. Yeah. I think patients sometimes don't realize how big of a, a piece of that team that they are, right? Yeah. Whether they're not going to listen to post-operative instructions and just be non-compliant, whether yeah, they're going to continue smoking, whether they're going to eat garbage after surgery, mm-hmm. right? So, like, getting them to buy in sometimes, if I don't feel like they're buying in, right? I've turned several patients yeah. where I was just like, you know what? Yeah. You do need this operation, just not by me. Yeah. Absolutely. Because this, this relationship is not going to gonna work. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing I do in my business. I'm not out to just sell a package of something. I have to look at that person. And if you're not a candidate or I don't think you're going to do post-treatment care the right way or something like that, we're not going to sell that to you. And that goes into, you know, yeah, you know, yes, I'm not selling for someone else, but I'm still, I still have to treat you the right way. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where the money's going. You're do you want it to go to a CFO who's in Hawaii? I don't know. Or do you want it to go to someone who's going to be reinvesting that into their business and making their business better? Yeah. Um, and that's all I do. My husband still asks, hey, when are, I think I have to give him a paycheck for our taxes. <laughs> that's all he's requiring of me. But otherwise, it's going back into the business. Same. To take care of people. Yep. And so if, if I was doing this for personal gain, you'd see me in a jet somewhere <laughs> Not in there practicing, working day in, day in and day out to make sure everybody's doing okay and that we're providing good care. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I feel like I I get a little misunderstood and yeah. like what people don't realize is like what goes on behind the scenes. No, and like how much time, energy, effort, and then yes, investment. And yes. I'm talking Invest- all, all those things. Everything. But then the I money. have to tell my husband sit down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got another idea. <laughs> yeah. So everything yeah. that I've and Karen's very understanding yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, she knows kind of my dreams, my goals. Yeah. And she realizes just like how passionate I am about what yeah. I do. Yeah. And that's and the root of happiness. It is. You know, like, you you know you gotta go to work. And I don't even like to call it work. Yeah. So it's like recess for me. Me too. But, I'm like, what am I yeah, I'm glad to get out of the bed. Yeah. So like Two days ago, I was in office on Monday. Usually, I'm in the OR on Mondays, and I was driving down. I just had a smile on my face. And, yeah, you know, I'm just so like, cool. I'm getting to go to operate. I'm getting yeah. to go take care of people and be with people I enjoy. Like my my staff, they're wonderful. Such a blessing. Such a you know, blessing. When, when you yep. do stuff with people that you enjoy and surround yourself with people yes. that are having fun and you can laugh and you do great, amazing quality work, mm-hmm. there's nothing better, right. in my opinion. And that's rewarding for you, and no one's telling you to modify what you're doing. Nope. You get to choose. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess my last business question, right? Spago. Yeah. So what has been like your biggest accomplishment, Mm. like personally over the past several years since you opened that? 
I feel like now, now we're at a point where um, I calls established. Oh, be careful! <laughs> Sloppy drinking there. No. <laughs> but I, I feel like now it's 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 very nice. Our clients, I do like I'll do my Instagram stuff and my Facebook and my Google and everything. But really, none of our clients come in that way. All of our clients really are coming in by word of mouth. And that makes me feel very grateful. Um, when I see someone, I want to make sure they're getting the best care. And it's turned into something where, you know, now they know they can go to me if they're not happy somewhere else. And they know that their friend said, hey, try this place instead. And um, I feel like we give a good quality service and what I can produce because I love art. I like painting and everything like that. That's innate. You can't make a person an artist you can't you know make somebody who just learned to injectables know what symmetry is or where to put things or whatever to make things turn out great and it, it there's just an innateness to it that now we're, it's coming around because it's a word of mouth thing and and that's really how our business is growing and that makes me feel happy too you know and and we've got a great environment too like you said our employees they make me really happy yeah. So it's, I feel very grateful. Um, HR is the last thing I want to do. And I've hired people I've had to let go. Um, and really the prime, the only reason was because they weren't a team player with my staff and my staff. I feel so grateful. They're all my friends. And I just, um, I can't thank them enough really, um, for being a, a part of my team. And, um, it, that, that's a lot, there's a lot to be said about that, you know? And that's one of your biggest investments, right? Yeah. Is yeah. is your team? By yeah. by far and away, my your biggest team. expense every yes. year is yep. my employees. I have over thirty employees. That's a lot, right? That's and then, a lot. You know, you're doing healthcare benefits. Yeah, you're doing four hundred one ks. I do profit sharing. Yes, that's what we're moving into that now. Uh, all yep. that stuff. So yep. it's it's a tremendous, and, and you know, but people, you're taking care of people, and you're providing an amazing workplace for people. Yeah, so that's another goal, right? It's not only an amazing place for patients, but it's an amazing yeah. workplace for, yeah. for our staff. So how can someone complain to you with you know, they do. about employing? I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine. Where are these people coming from? And then from? they don't work there much longer. No, and then, right. And then, um, yeah, and have you had to fire somebody? Oh, my goodness, Kim. Ooh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, so we started in 2018. Um, and to me, I, I've, I've come to this point. Like I have a, a just a, a zero tolerance, yeah. zero yeah. tolerance, yeah. especially for I like that. everything that I do yeah. for our patients and for our employees. Yeah. It's like, I'm just done with it. Right. I'm not yeah. going to just fire people because they looked at me the wrong way. Absolutely not. But like no. attitude, I will hire. Attitude is huge. Yeah. Right. I will hire a great attitude that has no skill or background because I can teach them the skill right. and, and the background stuff. Very good point. But, and, and. The interview process, I mean, really, 20, 30 minutes, are you going to pick up on a bad attitude sometimes, but very, it's very hard. rarely. And then it will start to show itself. So like the bad apple in the barrel will start to. How do you do that? Do you give them like a transition period where you say, we're just going to see if you fit first? Yeah. So and what we've done. So, I mean, these are like the learning. It's hard. You got your- <laughs> yeah. So we've kind of gotten to the point now where we have like a 90 day like, I like that. trial evaluation. Yeah. It doesn't mean like you're fired after 90 days if we're not ecstatic with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I've had to probably let 10 to 12 people go. It's a lot, had, it's a lot had, of work too. It is. Trying and, to train and, that many people. 
Yeah, and it's like you get them trained, and then they just start to go off the reservation and kind of do their <laughs> own thing, and and then they start to like infect the other good employees. Yes, they right? do. And then that yes. becomes a big problem because yes. then you've do- you don't just have one bad apple; you have one that's starting to become bad, mm-hmm. and they're not inherently bad. No, um, and I don't mean that these people are bad people. No, it's just tiny little things, and they're just not a good fit for yep. that particular. Because they can go off to another work setting and be amazing, yeah. but like. For me, like we've created a culture and it has taken a ton of work to create the the whole health culture. And I've hired a life coach um, that has come to our practice and has been with us. I've worked with her personally for three Mm, years. You'll have to fill me in. Allison Parplasha, you know her? I I follow her on Instagram and I amazing. Okay. So um, great to bring on to your business and it's a big investment, but I brought her on uh, a year. And a year and a couple months ago for the business, she comes in, she yeah. works with my staff every Wednesday Wow, for several hours. Wow. And, you know, I think people don't quite realize that it's not like she's just coming in doing this for the goodness, no. like out of the goodness of her own heart. Like she's, she's a paid consultant. And well, she, she comes should in be. You should be paid for your, your time and absolutely. your expertise. And she is. And, and yeah. but like to me, that was an investment. Yeah. Uh, and because yeah. my staff is a massive part of who we are. Absolutely. We have a beautiful it's building. Everything. And, everything. And, but I can't be there 24 no. 7. No. Right? So it, it needs to just fit the culture and she kind of helped us define the culture. Yeah. I knew what it was. I could explain it or yeah. like my feelings, but like she helped to like literally spell it out. Yeah. And and come through and we worked on job descriptions for everybody and just wow. This is what we're going to do. This is who we are. Nice. Our, we had a mission mission statement that she helped me work on. Um Love it. And it's just like a zero tolerance. And that that's just come to yeah. me in the past couple months where I'm just like, Yeah, no it's more. hard. It's and it's hard to define those boundaries. We we had a girl that I wanted so much to keep her and she had a lot of great creativity and um uh we gave her many chances and many di- wearing many different hats. And the final straw was um one day she's sitting in the office doing something else, you know. We all multitask, right? Yeah. We shouldn't, but you can't avoid it. So I never say don't multitask. You have to. And so she's doing something else. One of my staff members was running around like a chicken with her head cut off. The phone rang. That girl was running upstairs to help someone else or get someone settled. Um, And the girl didn't even answer the phone because she was doing her thing. And the whole staff. Was it a work thing or was it like a Facebook thing? Oh, no, she was doing a work-related thing, but next to the phone, and we've already established there that we all help each other with everything. We pick up and make it work. It's a machine. It's a small. Yeah, everybody cross-trains. Everyone's fully trained. They're trained on the phone. They're trained on the computer. You have a primary job, but you need to be able to step out of your lane. Absolutely. All of our practitioners know how to use the computer know how to wipe the floor if something bad happens some like everyone cross trains yeah, yeah and and staff's running chickens with their heads cut off and the girl didn't even pick up the phone and that's when the staff told me okay we're ready yeah. <laughs> and i had to make the move to, to do, fire do you have her. a leadership team no i have a manager okay but it's the manager and i and i have my employees have been with me since we opened essentially um and they're friends of mine. And it, anything that we talk about, I run by them because they all have incredible insight. One of um, my gals that she's always at the front desk, she's wonderful, but she's a marketing major. So she knows, okay, she Kim, this doesn't make sense or this isn't lining up. 
And I have one gal that always, she, she just finds, she's detail oriented. And she's like, Kim, you know, you got to fix this or that. And everyone's got a skill and it just meshes. Yeah. We're not perfect. I don't, you know, I expect perfection when it comes to us taking care of our patients. Sure. But there's always going to be something going on in the background that we're always trying to strive to make better. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's just the way it is. We're always changing and evolving, and that's okay. I, I tell you know? my staff all the time, yeah. I say, hey, if I'm doing what I'm doing right now in five years, I'm doing something wrong. Right. Because i got to get better yes, every day. every day. We're trying to grow. How can we make this process better? And yeah. there, it is so frustrating yeah. with some of the old dogs, new oh, tricks. Like oh, they just don't. it's hard for them to change. They're resistant. And I'm like, yes. and I hate to do this, but I'm like, okay, this isn't a request. This isn't like a suggestion. This is the way we roll. Yeah, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So you, oh, I've had to tell people that. You, you get on the yeah. on the yeah. train yep. or the train's leaving and you, you, got, you ain't on it. You got it. It's so. very, and we have to, we have to move and, and change things as we see change needs to be put into place. And it's, it's interesting how it involves into your own thing. But yeah, and I've had my manager or staff come up and say, Kim, this is, it's a lot when we make changes. And I'm like, hey, you got to get used to it. It, it, you yeah. have to if we are stagnant we're yeah we're not serving I mean, there's the one constant community. life and that's change yeah right? yes. people don't yes. like it but it's yes. there's guarantees yeah. that there's a few yeah. taxes death and, and change yeah. yeah things are always going to change yeah and that might prevent dementia who knows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i, I actually welcome change yeah, you know me and, too. I, and i'm a pretty habitual guy but yeah, like yeah, yeah. even just like yesterday and today, mm -hmm. I started cutting my patellas just a little differently. I love that. And, and cool. it was just like trying to make it easier on me, my staff, mm -hmm. and more efficient. So I was like, all right, why am I moving this out? And I figured out a way to do it on right patellas. I'm Ooh. still figuring out how to do it on left patellas because I'm a right-handed surgeon. I hold the saw a certain way. It would not be super comfortable for um. me to hold it with my left hand. So but I love problems and I always say where there's a problem, there's a solution. Absolutely. And I look forward to that as mm -hmm. like an opportunity. So yes. I tell my boys that all the time. They get so sick. I'm like, I tell my kids that all the time. And that's very, that goes back to the crux of thing? who we are. Yeah. Right. We know we can find a solution. We can fix it. There are a lot of people that are wired where this is a problem and it stuns them. Yeah. It stops them in their tracks. And for me, that's exactly what I tell my kids. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a problem, there's a solution. It may be a difficult solution. It may like be. you came in and you helped Anthony with the math, but I'm like, Dude, it's math. There's one thing in We're life that's figure like it out. pretty absolute. It's math. Like yeah. Two and two will yeah. always be four. I don't care yeah, what right, continent. Right? They may teach you how to do it differently. Yep. Like you were saying. Like, yeah. They teach them a different yeah, way. Yeah, they do. So they do. personal stuff? Yeah. Personal stuff. So um, your kids. You have yes. three kids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, some people don't like to talk about this. Oh, like, no, I don't mind. Okay they don't They don't want me talking about them. I'll talk about them every day. So, so let's hear a Fine. little bit more about your three kids. Yeah, yeah. So um, my oldest is Nathan. He's 19 now. And he's an aerospace engineer major at Penn State. It's his second year. Not very smart. At, no, not <laughs> at all. That came from father's side of the family. Um, and his whole, Brett's whole side of the family are all engineers. Just, okay. Yeah, and teachers. The women are teachers. Um, but, um, yeah, no, his cousins, he's got a cousin that's a physician. But, yeah, a lot of engineers and teachers in his family, too. So anyway, so Nathan has always been hands-on, um, likes to build things, but um, very engineer-wired. And um, so he's at Penn State having a great time. He's also a sailing instructor at the Yacht Club. Very cool. Um, so he's been sailing his whole life. Um, 
and he likes to play tennis. He was on the cross country team um, at Penn State. He's on the sailing team too. So he was in just this past weekend competing against Barron and oh, wow. some of the other teams here. So, yeah, so he's a really neat kid. He's like my renaissance man. What's he? What's his ultimate goal career-wise? Somehow, anything to do with flight and um, either engineering it or something. He is hands-on too. I feel like, you know, he definitely has his own ideas. So he may one day be just developing something. I, I see him doing that. Like spacecraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's great at computers too. So when he was, he was at McDowell um, and his he was helping his computer science teacher develop um, classroom, you know, I don't know if it was tests, but at least assignments wow. for computer science. He just always, he's a computer engineering kind of guy. Just and he just loves works. making things kind of like you though. He likes making things to, you know, and it's, it's neat. And at Penn does he, State, does he get some artistic stuff from you? Yeah. He's, he's very artistic, um, but he doesn't really do, you know, he doesn't draw a lot or, or do that, but he's very creative yeah. in what he comes up with too. Yeah. So he'll, he'll make things like he'll make gliders and it's all different or on computer. He'll, he does a lot of designing as a 3d artistic, printer. Yeah. Right. But his is like, Oh, it is. Yeah. And he'll, he'll do that. He's very good at programming art and things like that. Um, so um, yeah, he, he's a really cool kid. Um, awesome. and he just got to do a glider at Penn state too, where they take you up in the plane and then drop you and then you glide down. Was it one that he designed? Not yet. It's like, Not all right, yet. we're going to, you're going to be the first drop one to Nate's test this plane, thing out. Your plane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, he's a lot of fun. Very mathematical though. And then Matthew's my middle. He's 17. He's at McDowell. He's in his senior year. He wants to go into medicine. We'll see how this plays out. He's very good at math, engineering, things like that. Um, but that's what he wants to do right now. And he's a good golfer. He just um, hit over 300 in his drive with his new club yesterday. So he's really excited about wow. that. And um, he's on the McDowell golf team. And um, so, yeah, he, he's a neat kid, too. He's into all kinds of things. So we'll see where he ends up wow. going with that. And then Elise is my 15-year-old daughter, um, and she is, I mean, yeah, she's also a very hard worker. And, I, you know, that's that whole thing, like you said, um, being a hard worker. And grit is, intelligence is very important, but you've got to have grit. And you've got to be a hard worker ever to succeed. I don't care what you're doing. You There's hard work behind the scene if you're successful. Yeah. Um, unless something falls in your lap. Well, that's that's like a gift, right? Like right? Somebody, like your parents had this business exactly. and then they handed it to you. But Yeah, but grit, you can ruin that is, really fast without grit. Well, grit is one of my favorite words. Yeah. And, you know, when, when we were talking about the workhorse, show horse thing, it was yeah. like as much that's as gonna... I, I didn't necessarily want to be the show horse, but I wanted to be more than the workhorse. Right. But, but I love, because that was my dad, that was the, the and my mom, the quality that they taught me yeah. more than anything was just like work, work, work. Just, just if be you a hard outwork worker. Yeah. somebody, yeah, you you can beat them. Whether it's yeah. sports, whether it's academics, whether like just you may not have the most natural ability. And this is like to young people too. Yeah. Like, I would love to go and speak to like a high school graduation class mm -hmm. and just be like, guys, like I'm not the smartest guy. In the room, right. I'm, no I, I, I wasn't the highest here. Or this, there's there. Like I was smart, but my intangible asset was grit. Yes, you work, work, work. Don't give up. 
keep going Mm -hmm. and just like never say never. But as long as you're smart in the background and you have that grit, the grit is really what's going to make you successful. Yeah. Um, And even you see a lot of people who get a business and then they ruin it because they never learned how to work for it. Yeah. Um, And so that goes to kids too, is teaching your kids how to work. Just like you said. It's so much more rewarding. Yeah. When you reap the rewards and the accomplishments. Oh, yeah. And it's fun. And the pre... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what are you going to do? Sit around and eat bonbons? (laughs) Yeah, no. I Go drinking with friends every day? I don't know. The process of building something, creating something. Yeah. And like, I've always had this like David Goliath mentality too, because like, again, being the small private practice, going up against the behemoths in this region, it's like... You're doing it pretty well. guys... Keep it coming. You're doing it pretty well. Bring it on. You're doing it very well. And that's what I love too, is that model that you have. And it shows you what one doctor can do owning a business. And look what you've done in four years. Is it four? Five going on six. Yeah. Five going on six. Yeah. I mean, that's not a lot of time to grow what you've grown. And, um, you know, it's, it's outstanding, but you're working real. I know how hard you're working. I think about you. We're neighbors. We're like literally diagonally across each other. I'm like, Ryan's over there working. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's just like, <laughs> how, do we, how do we encourage these other young yeah. entrepreneurial physicians yeah. to not feel so like stuck too? Right? Yeah. Right. Like they, they almost feel like they have no option. Right. Oh, right? Like, they do. oh I can't start a private practice. How the heck would I start a private practice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I was not ready to start a private practice right you out had a of young family. Residency or fellowship. You took a big risk. But I, I, I was eight, seven, seven, eight years into medic, my medical practice before yeah. I started my own practice, right? So I had little tastes of this or that. It, it you it still just, took a big risk. I did, and especially just like starting on my own. Uh, yeah, right? you like have three I, young boys. You have to think about benefits. But um, but you know what, sure, Kim? Like, like there was never once, and I'm not just saying this. No, not one ounce of doubt in my brain. That was like, this won't work. Right. I never you had can't that. can't have that. I was yeah. just like, and Karen was like, what if, what if what? If it, like, yes. this will succeed. Yes. I promise you. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just not going to give up. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm just going to keep yeah. going. I'm going to keep grinding, keep pounding. Right. And eventually I'll figure my way around those obstacles. Yeah. And, and we'll make it work. And that's grit. Yeah. Yeah. That you're not going to give up. Yeah. Which is great. And faith in yourself, and that's investing in yourself too, which is great. Yeah, and, and yeah. that is like I, I can't remember which podcast it was. We were talking about. Um, I said I don't gamble. I said I have absolutely oh. nothing against anyone that gambles, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't get any enjoyment out of that. I don't go no. to Vegas and be like, oh, I'm going to put this on red or no, uh, me either. No, right? I invest and I, I gamble on one thing. I don't even call it gambling. It's just investing mm-hmm. myself because yep. right? I yeah. can control that. Yes. Yeah. Whether it's what I think, whether it's what I do, whether it's, and especially how I do it, right? Yeah. How I respond, the, the quality of product that we've created and mm-hmm. deliver each and every day. So mm-hmm. it's like, how could you not invest in that unless you're not willing to put the time in? And That's right. And that, and you're bringing me back to what, what is happiness? And um, if someone's looking at you and saying, oh, he just wants to make money, you Bullshit. know, that's not the root of that. <laughs> you have your own business. You know that money is not yeah. the center of that. If you want to just make money, you'd actually go work for someone, get your paycheck and walk away. Exactly. And not have the um, headaches of all yeah. the other stuff. Yeah. But, 
Um, it's not that happiness is serving your community, making a difference and making something that you can just feel proud of. And, and autonomy works into happiness. Um, and it's a whole different ball game and it's money is not going to make you happy. It's nice to have money and, but it, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's a nice comfort, answer. but it's not, it, yeah. It's not going to make, like you said, no. it's not going to make you happy. And quite honestly, no. I've seen quite the opposite. Like yes. the people yes. that are searching for like, I want to make a million dollars a year. Yes. Okay. Well, what happens when you make a million dollars a year? Because then you're going to want to make $2 million a year. Yeah. And you're chasing something. Is this something. the goal you should be going for? Yeah. Right. Yeah. If that happens, great. Fine. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, how many houses, cars, yachts, <gasps> right. whatever. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, I like nice things. Yeah. I yeah. really, I, but I, you and I both downsized we because did. there's something, there's beauty and simplicity too. Yes. Like not having to go to yeah. the lake house. I'm not saying that we won't have a second home someday. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the right time in our life. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's more important for me right now to be at my boys games yep. and to be present. Yes. Here. Yes. Yes. Right? Not a distraction somewhere else. Right. Right. So another personal question for you. Yeah. Okay. So um, you and Brett, what you're not empty nesters yet, but you've got to start to feel that happening, right? Um, What do you guys like to do together? Yeah. And what's your favorite moments together? Like for Karen and I, it's traveling, just her and I. Oh, I love that. What do you guys like to do? Yeah. And so, yeah, you mentioned traveling. So Brett is a pathologist and he's hospital based. And the way his group is organized is that they are chronically understaffed, so he has no flexibility to travel. So Brett is going to be working with me starting in March, so and he's leaving his group, and he's and leaving hospital-based medicine. Yeah. And and I told him at this point, you know, our kids are good. We did our investments, our five twenty nines for their college. Everything's fine for all that. So I said, I don't care how much money I make. I'm a cancer survivor. We know the value of life. Our most valuable asset is the time we have here together. And how do we make the most of it? So I said, I don't care what happens as long as we can pay some of our bills. We, we, we don't do credit. We pay for what we own. And that's very important for autonomy too. And just, you know, um, everything, you know that. I think mental um, health too, right? Mental it's, health, it's everything. Like, I don't Nothing's like, hanging out yeah, there. Yeah, I don't like to have to, like, yeah. I have to owe somebody something. Never. And so right. we don't owe any loans. We, we're free and clear. So I said, now's the time where we can live modestly or whatever happens, but come and join me. I don't care if you do tech support. I don't care what you do, but get out of that practice where they're not hiring another employee because everyone there wants to make money. And that happens yeah. or people overextend or physicians are notoriously bad with their money. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so yeah, he's coming to join me and it's, it's fantastic. So now we'll get to travel more and we're going on a celebratory trip to Sedona as soon as he is done have, have with our kids. Yes. Okay. But we've never been to the enchantment, um, did, which Vedrana did, in my office, you get, you know, Vedrana from the Orthodox church. Yeah. Did, um, do they own B-dubs? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, d- they, did they love tell you that about place. Or did they Karen did. and I tell you? Did you go too? We saw them there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's what, that's so, that <laughs> so is the this, funniest this thing in the fact, world. So there, we're going finally. Not Cornell. Because Brett will Cornell? be off for the kids spring break. It's Cornell. You Cornell. got it. So we are there last, this, this year, spring break time. Yeah. So, all right. I got to rewind just a little bit. <laughs> um, so Sedona, this is. 
three years ago, October, Karen and I were looking for just like a getaway. Yeah. And she knows that I like to hike and yes. this and that. So like she had done some research. She's like, we should go to Sedona. I was like, what do they have there? Mm-hmm. So we go and we stay at this one place. It was really cool. Just her and I. And they weren't tree houses, but they were like up on stilts. They were Ooh, like individual little cabins. And it was nice. Very nice. Luxurious. Yeah. Um, tons of great restaurants. Tons of great hiking. I was like, oh. And I just felt... I'm not like this one that's like, I, I love trees. I have a lot of trees for logos in my businesses, but I, I'm not this like. It's surreal there, right? Is that yeah, what you're yeah, getting I just, at? I just, like the vortices, there's some energy it's there. amazing I can't there. explain. Uh, no, I'm with you. But I just feel very grounded. Yes. Okay. So it's gorgeous. We're yeah. like, all right, this upcoming spring, let's yeah. take the boys. So we went and we stayed at the Hilton the first day. Oh, yeah. At, at Bell Rock. And it was nice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, then we were looking, and and I can't remember if it was Karen or myself, and we're like enchantment. And on one of our hikes, there was this resort that I could see off to the left. I'm like, yeah. "What is that?" Yes. And it was off the beaten path. It was yes. off. And I was like, "What is that?" Yeah. And I was on an airplane, and I see this ad. It's like top five destinations in the United States. For oh, vacations. interesting. I didn't know that. And it was like wow. number two. And I'm seeing the same picture that I saw while I was hiking in Sedona from the same vantage point. Wow. I'm like, that was a I sign. Saw that. I saw That's that. That's a sign. I'm like enchantment. <laughs> and then, so I think I was the one that I was like, Karen, we got to go to the enchantment. Yeah. So we looked it up. We made reservations um, and we saw. That is so funny. And she is one of my right hand people at the office. Goes to Arizona State, right? Yes, she does. Yeah. Smart girl. <laughs> Just yeah. for choosing that. I'm like, Natalia, you did your research. But she, Vedrana works for me one and a half days a week, and she's phenomenal there. But they love to travel, and Enchantment's one of their favorite places. It is great. And I know I love Arizona and Sedona, so um, that's what we're going to do. Where are you going? We're going for spring break, and we actually when get to spend it break? with our kids. I hope you guys can join us. Oh, my gosh. No, so we booked. We're there. When? Spring break. We're there from... April, no, March 30th to April 6th. What? Same what? week. <gasps> Same week. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. this. We got to tell Vedron and Cord now because maybe they can go. Yeah. So we are actually going. Oh my gosh. We've never been to I'm Scottsdale. So, I'm so excited. So we're going I love to Scottsdale. Scottsdale. We did that. Thursday, the 28th, maybe. Okay. Something perfect. Like that. Perfect. We're going there till <gasps> Sunday. I and can't then we believe it. We what come are the chances? to the enchantment for five okay, nights. Guys, I'm going to take an aside here and say that's Erie, Pennsylvania for you. Yeah, I have run into so many Erieites on vacation. It's not even funny. And I don't even vacation that much because Brett can't. Well, he's, so, he's about to. Yeah, he's about to. And you're gonna priorities. Love oh, my gosh. I'm going to love it even more that you're there. Yeah. Are you? So I've already huh? made dinner reservations. Okay. I, tell so, me everything and we need to crash your party. Yeah. We'll do this outside the podcast, but yes, <laughs> the, the, I, 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 we, I figured out the places I love to go dinner wise because okay. we've been there. This is our We're gonna catch time. up after this for sure. <laughs> we'll go upstairs and meet yes, with Karen yes, for that. Yes, yes. So I guess my last business question. I got a little yeah. sidetracked. Or was that my last? I, think um, it, or, I mean, yeah. per- priorities. We no, were no, no, talking no. about personal. I got one more personal. Oh boy. Okay. Question. Okay. So, okay. Okay. And again. You, I still get a veto. You, 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 I got a veto do. on the Molly you mentioned, cast. You mentioned your cancer story yeah. a couple times. No, I never mind talking about that. Okay, because I would love yeah. to hear it personally. Yeah. but And I know a little bit, but I don't know. And you don't have to go into depth, but like, yeah. that's a big thing. It is a big thing. And you're thing. a cancer survivor. Yeah. And, and you're proud of it. And you should be proud of it. Yeah. But like, 
it's inspiring to me. Well, so. it's not only that. A lot of people are secretive about their physical health and what's happened. But when I got cancer, I wanted to use a megaphone and tell all women to get checked and to be aggressive with their personal care because women tend to be the caretakers and not take care of their own personal health. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a big deal and I, I'm always open about it. Um, I had a lump that I knew was there. Um, I had a mammogram that was negative and that was like a November, um, in 2015 or so. And then I waited, I felt it. I knew something was wrong. I waited and, um, I kept going. It, well, my mom had also gotten cancer at the same time. So Breast she, for her? Well, no, hers was lung cancer. Okay. So she had lung cancer, and I was in daily, I don't have any anxiety, um, and I was in daily panic attack mode when wow. my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And so that increased my cortisol levels. My immune system was shot, obviously, from that. Um and so then I got the lump later that I felt, but I didn't address it because I was taking care of my mom. I'm an only child. And so I was taking care of my mother and my grandmother I had to bring them up from Virginia, get my mother to close her business and do so many crazy. I mean, if I told you the story that led to my diagnosis, you would die. Like literally we bought her house in town and the woman died the day before closing. Um, oh my and just the things that happened and like the doctor who was the hospitalist at St. Vincent, who was supposed to take care of her, actually went AWOL that night because he had a drug problem. And, like, you cannot make up the journey during the taking taking care of her with small cell lung cancer that brought me to, who knows, the stress and bad genes mixed, um, which is, uh, I believe, an environment and genes for sure that's real. And my environment was a disaster because my cortisol levels were through the roof. And then I felt that lump but didn't deal with it. Had the negative mammogram. I'm like, oh, this is fine. Taking care of mom. And then finally, when the kids went back to school, um, finally dealt with that. Um, I think it, oh, it was like, no, June. June, I felt the, the lung what year get we bigger. About? We're like in 2015. June okay. of 2015. Negative mammogram, November of 2014. Felt a lump in June. Had to deal with mom, three kids, job, whatever. Brett never being able to take off. So no no support there yeah. because he had to work. Um, and then um, when the kids went back to school in September, I went and got a biopsy and it was triple negative breast cancer, which is the most aggressive cancer you can get um, aside from the ones that are HER2 positive um, that you can just catch early and treat it. Um, so then, um, yeah, so it, it was crazy and I thought I was going to die and I was taking care. I was the only caretaker for my mom um, and my grandmother. And so, yeah, I went in for my PET scan for my brain and thought this is going to be already in my brain by given how long I sat on it and it being triple negative, which is very rapidly growing and, and spreads very easily. It's highly metastatic. Um, and I was a hosp, I was doing hospice on the side at that time. So my, Patients who died from breast cancer were triple negative usually. Uh, so it was crazy. It was very loaded. And that was another career change decision too with the hospice and all of that. But yeah, and, and there was a point in time where my mother and I were in chemotherapy together. Um, and one time when I was post-chemotherapy that I had to call a friend to take my mom to her chemotherapy. Wow. 
Yeah. So it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Um, but the journey, if you heard the whole story, you would just die. (laughs) You wouldn't believe it. But that was the whole thing. Like, and how'd you get through it? Like what, what was your crux? God, of course. Okay. And anybody who undermines the power of God and the importance that God plays in our life. I mean, at the, if you're at the very lowest level and I was, I'm a Catholic convert. I grew up as a Methodist was always close to God. And as, um, I don't know if that's because I'm an only child or whatever, but I always prayed to God and we're, you know, um, so I converted to Catholicism, um, when, before I married Brett. Um, but, um, I had never known how to pray the rosary and I learned that as well. Um, but when you even think about what Jesus gave for us and I thought, geez, I have, I'm like 41 and got died. Jesus died before, yeah. well before this. Almost like a decade before that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, it's God's will and knowing, okay, well, if, if things don't go well, at least I'll get to see Jesus. Maybe one day, hopefully I live my life well and get to see him. But um, God is so important. And when I see society and how much we're diminishing God, um, it's, it's sad to see. Um, and God's there. God's it's real. So refreshing to hear you talk yeah. about this so openly. Because yeah. and I'm a scientist. I'm an ENTJ. That, I'm a thinker, that, and I'm a judger. That's where I was going to go. Two physicians yeah. here, and um, Allison Parplash, my life coach, and I've always mm-hmm. been very religious, very spiritual. Yeah. I'm Roman Catholic. Yeah. Um, and I was always very. I, I taught Sunday school. All yeah, this I stuff, love that. Right. Um, but. One of the biggest, most important things mm-hmm. that, that Allison taught me recently, it's God, yeah. it's I, yes. it's we, then like yes. Karen and I, then it's the family. Because oftentimes you skip one of these. You can't ever you can't. skip God. And the thing, and, and maybe you don't skip God, but the one thing that you and I probably skip more than anything is, is us. us individually. Our personal right? health, yeah. And then you go, and, and then you probably even skip your marriage. You yeah. just treat your kids, yeah, right. But it's like if you're not good, yes, then you, and you and your your spouse are not good, yes. How are your kids going to be good? So yes. it's like she really helped me navigate Love that. that. Love that, and because uh, I felt so selfish if I was doing something for myself, and I don't mean like I bought myself a new pair of Jordan. That's no. not what I mean. It's like going for that walk at the peninsula, mm-hmm. going and meditating, going and getting a massage. Uh, going to the doctor. I never went to the doctor. I never. David Hutzel's my 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 internal medicine doctor. First time I ever went to him was like a couple years ago because I was forty some years old and I feel like I needed to start. Yes, I have to make Brett go. Yeah, Yeah. and we're we're notoriously really bad patients. Yeah, because we put everybody else's needs ahead of ours. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I love the God piece. Love the God piece. God is so important. Um, and if you take God away, who are you going to bow to the government? (laughs) And they want that in a socialist community. Um, so there's a lot of move in the media to undermine the power of God and the existence of God. Um, but there are so many arguments for God. Of course we know. And, um, and me as a hospice doctor too, I got to see people who were in between and it's real. It's real, yeah. And and you again, and me again, as scientists, as physicians, yeah. to like really understand the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh again, my gosh! I can't yes. remember what episode it was, but there was an there was an episode, um, episode 
podcast, but an episode in my life where I was operating on a patient I had never in my life prayed so hard during this operation. Wow. And everything, all's well that ends well, right? Mm, and, yeah. and it was, I I mean, I think it took 10 years off my life, like the, yes. the amount of <laughs> angst that I had during that case. It was the scariest <sighs> moment oh my in gosh. my life. Yeah. Second When something goes bad with someone else's right? life. Because I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, this patient trusts me. This And something yeah. just wasn't going well. And everything ended up, fine the patient is doing great but it was i have one person to thank for that god 100 percent. and when are people going to wake up there are studies that validate that the power of prayer yeah why does that work there are studies that validate it hard to objectify it but there's certain things in a scientist world where i don't need to object no it, right? and we don't know everything and you're the best person if you know you don't know everything the people who think they know it all, isn't it? Absolutely. To know, like, actually, it's okay. the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And thank God you said that, because right. anybody who says they know everything and know that there's no God and whatever they think they are, don't listen to those people, yeah. and certainly don't entrust them in your care. Yeah, and you know what? If I offend you because we're talking about God, I don't care. That's okay too, right? I and don't I care. am <laughs> o- frankly okay with that too. Yeah, D- stop watching my. <laughs> You're podcast. too good for me. It's okay. <laughs> You're too good. You know too much. Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is great, Kim. I think it's time to like let's and and uh, by plan the way, our vacation. Plan a vacation, but we got a couple more things we got to do. By the way, yes, couple, couple okay. more things, couple fun things. Um, before we get to oh, the, right. the seventh inning sawbone shoe stretch. Yes. Have you, Archana Anan, you know Archana, right? Internal medicine doctor with Dave Hutzel. I've met her before. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Her episode aired this morning. So mm. it's a great, and you, I wanted to bring this up when you were talking it. about women and, and especially yes. like women that work outside the household, but like your first and foremost priority. And when I had my episode with her, I was like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to sound stereotypical because no. this is gonna. There's gonna be women out there like, oh, how dare you think that? Like our Let primary responsibility that. is to ra- raise our kids, but right. like, there's a maternal instinct, and kids and sense real. that. That's a lot more than. Now, granted, oh. my boys love to come up and give me a hug when I get it's home. It's so different. But it's th- so they aren't coming to me if they have a problem. No. right? They're going to Karen. No. And so I, yep. I respect. Oh, yeah. You and Archana, don't don't be offended, guys. That I, I respect you guys too, but like the working mother, especially a working physician, like the yeah. amount of she's working hard. I hear her name every corner. She's I turn. amazing. She's As amazing. You are, but like, how do you do it? And she she had some, just like she likes to run and, and like she has yeah. good healthy outlets. Good health care. She takes care of herself too. Yeah. But that goes when you say respect with a woman. If you are undermining the importance of a maternal instinct and taking care of your children and and um, thinking that there's an issue with respect by mentioning that, that's where the problem is, yeah, right? Exactly. And our society is trying to train us to say that each of us don't have special roles, and we do, and that's what makes society work. Well, I mean, let's and be honest. Like, babies come from their yes, mom. Like, it takes a guy and a, a I'm sorry, woman, but they do. But, like... I've never carried a baby. No. Never no. will. No. Right? Don't have the ability. No. So there's definitely that maternal instinct, that bond. Yeah. Like, again, not trying to get and too religious. And you can cancel here, us like, all you want, but we are scientists. Yeah. The and there's an X Jesus and Y chromosome. Right? Absolutely. Like, that was a special bond. It's a beautiful bond relationship. That, like, no other 
father's son. And there's when you a think of Mary but... losing her son and knowing the direction he's going from the beginning, it's, yeah. oh, it gives me chills. It, it, it gives me chills. And it, um, as a mother, and if you're a mother, if uh, when I was pregnant and Nate was probably an embryo of one day, I knew I was pregnant and I knew who that baby was. Yeah, there. I mean, there is a maternal instinct, and it's real. And anyone who undermines it is disrespecting women. Yeah, and and sometimes it's even women. Absolutely (laughs) right. And it's a you're disrespecting a woman if you're undermining that relationship with your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yep. 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 Shoe stretch. Got a lot more to talk about. Shoe time. Okay. okay. So again. For those first time viewers, um, I like to break it up. We call it the seventh inning sabo and shoe stretch. Uh, I ask my guests to bring or wear a pair of their favorite shoes or yeah. a pair of meaningful shoes that have stories. And uh, Kim, I have been blown away with previous episodes that this little fun idea, because I'm a shoe guy, it was just like, hey, I want to just talk about some Jordans. And people have some cool stories, but like some of the most powerful, like tear jerking moments wow. have come from this spot oh shoot I'm, i don't know if i'm gonna give you gonna let us down <laughs> <laughs> shoot. fire away kim what are, you, what are you wearing there what are you okay. sporting so i was going through my shoes and i have a whole history of anthony who did some minimally invasive surgery and did both of my bunions which i am profoundly Colonna, grateful for and anthony knows i'm like send him more customers and he can handle um so there's a lot of shoes that I'm very grateful that I can wear now um, that um, because of Anthony's surgery. And one of those, which is a really funny story, I was just in an event. I don't even I don't even know if I should say this, but I was wearing some shoes maybe from college that I always wanted to be able to wear. And now I wear them all the time. Why and, can't you say that? Well, I wore them at an event. And I lost like a soul <laughs> oh. for one of them because I have so many old shoes that I couldn't wear before my bunion surgery. So the these soul fell shoes, off. Yeah, the soul fell the event can you say the event and brett saw me like (laughs) (laughs) brett saw me kick it under the banquet table and brett's like i think people saw you do that did you go to the opposite (laughs) shoe and just peel that one off and throw it under i was like what is that hanging from my shoe and it was like thick sole a thin sole and the thank goodness the shoe they were heels and it still worked afterwards but the sole freaking fell off because it was so old and i was finally able to wear them Wow. That, but they were old, yeah. and I loved the shoes. <laughs> anyway. So probably like the glue or something, just because oh, they yeah. were so old, just, just kind of like dry just rotted. Away. Oh, so old, like twenty years old shoes, twenty yeah. year old shoes. That I could never wear until I had my bunion surgery. Thank you, Anthony. By Anthony Colonna, yeah. So these shoes I chose tonight because first of all, Ryan said it's casual night, yeah. and my casual go to shoes have always been now over the past couple of years are these Olakai. And for the podcast, I learned how to pronounce them. But what I love about them, I'm going to take my shoes off, hold your nose. Um, the heel flips in like this. Ooh. So they are beachy shoes, too. They're waterproof. You can take the sole out and clean them in the wash. Oh, wow. And you can get them at Tommy Bahamas or any like like boutique. Can I see the name? Yeah, it's Olakai. Um you know, I've probably worn them so much you might not be able to see it, but you'll be able to see it on the little emblem there. And if you go to any boutique like Tommy Bahamas or anywhere in Florida, you're going to, now that you know them, you're going to see the flip flops and the shoes there everywhere. 
And yeah, it's like one of those things. Once you, you, you see yeah. it, then you start noticing it. Yeah, and I'm a practical person. Us, like people with grit, are yeah. also practical. And so they're comfortable. But every time I wear them, I get compliments too, which we love. They're as cute. women because they just, that's my uh, women instinct. And they're, they're like fun, comfortable, versatile, waterproof. And so that kind of, I was like, this kind of sums up my personality. I'm practical too and like cool things that are versatile. Love it. So, yeah, those are my Olakai's. Rock the Olakai. I got to look into those. <laughs> yeah. So, as always, wearing another pair of J's. These are the uh, <laughs> Air Jordan 4. Um, these are the Palominos. These ones, um, you know, I like earthy things, earth tone stuff, and it almost matches like, like what those. you're wearing. Yes. Um, I was going to say you know, I could wear those. So, today. I always have to coordinate. So, I was like, all right, where do I start? Do I start with the shoes or do I start with a shirt? I so love I was your like, shirt. And and as soon as Kim walked in, she read my shirt, and and you probably can't read it out there, but can you read it? Yes, and I'll read it for you. It's some people want it um, to happen, some people wish it would happen, and others make it happen. And and when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, Ryan, that's you and me. And do you know who wrote that? And then I don't know the signature who wrote that. Oh my goodness, Michael Jordan. That's amazing. So, yeah. So that's the story here is like, well, I've got Very some cool. l- little earthy tan color. Love I've got that. several earthy tan Jordans, but I hadn't worn these yet. She asked me to is like, do you wear a different pair of shoes for every episode? Yeah. Go, well, yeah. Yeah. It gives myself and Karen an excuse. Well, not yeah. Karen. She didn't need an excuse, but my excuse for Karen. Well, no. That's why I have another pair of shoes coming yeah. once a week. Well, yeah. And your shoes are never going to smell. No. You've got something to rotate to, which is important for foot care. Wouldn't you say to rotate I, shoes? I would agree. Tell my kids that all the time. Yeah. Don't wear the same thing every day. And, and they're Especially comfy to shoes. me because I'm practical. Like... Karen yeah, just got her first practical. pair of Jordans. She doesn't necessarily love the, the feel of them, but for me, these are super <laughs> oh, comfortable. I like the suede. Yeah, you know, it's I just mean, a little mixture. You've got the elephant print here, yes. which is kind of what they started doing Did, right around the Air Jordan uh, 3. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I said Air Jordan 4. These are Air Jordan 3s. That, that was a huge Air, not th- 4s. I take it you like Jordan. A little bit. Yeah. Do so you see the rest of the basement I here? see it so, all. I see it all. So. And I love that. And who doesn't? Matthew, my middle one, he loves playing basketball and he loves Jordan. Well, if you and like basketball wouldn't. and you don't like Jordan, then Something you don't wrong like with basketball you. that well, no. or you're just a hater. Right. And you're, or you're, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, these are, this is a sharp pair of shoes, I have Thank to say. You. And I like the neutral colors too. And that goes, that the, matches This is my the first time guy. I actually wore we these. We really match. And I think when we go to the enchantment, we need to do this whole gig. We'll, again. we'll uh, text each there. other. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great oh, idea. Oh, yeah, we I need to. box this stuff With up. the red rocks in the background. Oh, my gosh. So we're there's done. a little, we're in. like, rock yeah. that a boulder sits on top, and yeah. there's a guy that goes up we're, there and we're plays doing the this. flute. We're doing this. Uh, we're not, I'm not going up there to play the flute. No. I'll, I'll film no, a podcast okay. there. We can but. get someone, too. <laughs> we'll get someone, too. <laughs> <laughs> One of my boys. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. We so, got this. <clears throat> before we go into the next <laughs> yeah. sec, or the, the conclusion, right, but we always kind of break away for what is probably the most fun part. Really? The Sawbones Challenge. So, ooh, 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 and, and I, I don't even know, know what this, we're... Uh, th- throw me a fast one. All right. Yeah. You So every episode we do the Sawbones Challenge. <laughs> okay. And the first like eight, it was um, 
a three-point basketball. Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. We're going to change it up. Uh, Competition outside. Now that it's getting later in the season, it's getting darker earlier because I've always started recording usually around six. So it's going to be dark outside. So then I did one in the basement here, Archon and I, which aired this morning. We did over on the Papa Shot over there. So um, we'll break away from the camera, but we're going to come up with a a challenge that'll be fun, that'll be unique. And then uh, we'll be back to do our conclusion Again, um, I, I just want to tell you guys, subscribe, share this with your friends. Yes. And, um, you know, if you don't like us, that's fine. Because I'm not doing this for no, it's okay. It's just like, yeah. this yeah. is so fun. And just just being genuine and hearing so many yes. people's stories. Like, right out of the gates, I learned more about you than I had known previously. And right. I, like Mike Tomlin, where you're from. Like, yeah. We never, I've never get sat to talk. down to just yeah. talk to you for an hour and a half. So. And that's what life's about. It's relationships. There's connections and relationships. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then yep. when you have, it, it, it all works itself out too, right? Because there's going to be people that I'm like, oh, you need to go see Kim for, for this yeah. or that. Oh, and, I'm always and, telling and, and people, you've got to go see Molly if you're going to get a hip replacement. Or, but now you know oh, a little my bit gosh, more, right? Yes. And, and absolutely. But I knew that's what you were striving to do. I know you're always working behind the scenes to make the experience so much better for people. Um, And so that's, it's just fantastic. It's the Disney or the enchantment experience. Yes, I can't wait. I cannot believe you're going. That makes me a million times more. And that's because of the connection. Yeah. And connecting with people. And so many things are trying to divide us now. And you just got to keep plugging away and connecting. Keep coming together, right? Yep. Sawbones Challenge coming up next. See you in a bit. (laughs) Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. There's a little bit of volume in here. So Sawbones Challenge, Basement Edition 3.0. All the other challenges have been outside. We're doing Papa Shot again, just like we did for Dr. Archana Anand's episode. So the same rules apply. First one to 10. My guest is going to go first. So you shoot to the hoop of the left. I'll shoot to the one of the right. Kai's shoes, so this should work out okay. Oh, she's great. She's great. Oh! She's great. No. Well, wait, we alternate, but oh! I get a shot. Oh, should I grab another ball? Shoot at the same time. That is not fair, Molly. This is your house. But there you go. Yeah. See, you found it. You need to bang it. That was Arch's thing, too. So, oh. one one. Oh, oh boy. One one. for real. Okay. Well, let's put it in yours. You gave it to me. 
Everybody, bit. welcome back from the Sawbones Challenge. Uh, you know, we always try to wrap things up by yeah. just kind of talking about where do you see yourself in five or ten years? Because mm-hmm. you've got kids, right? Your yeah. oldest is a freshman or sophomore? Sophomore now okay, at Penn sophomore, State. Yeah, he was a freshman yeah. last year. So now you've got two more. So you're probably doing some mental math. But in five to ten years, where do you see you and Brett at? Um, my primary goal, and that goes along with happiness in life, is I want us to be the destination for your skincare needs and also maybe your kind of like what you're doing, um, just your holistic needs as to be to feel fulfilled. So now we have Amy, who is an incredible and when I say incredible, you've got to come and meet her. Um, she did my she, ID for me, right? Yes, she did. Yeah. And I love her. And the fact that she's finding her space and um, she's just an incredible person and she's working on her doctorate in functional medicine and just to, to serve our community, I hope that we just build with that and incorporate Brett. We, we have a very female centric, you know, um, I guess audience because we are a med spa, but there's so much we can do for men. And I'm hoping when we bring bread in, we serve everybody well, because men need self-care too. They do. And, and, and Brett is, and, and 
I'm saying this completely heterosexually. Yeah. He's a good looking dude. Right. So he's a good looking dude, but like mm-hmm. he's going to come out like jacked and look, <laughs> looking even better. And people are going to be like, Brett, I mean, I know retirement suits people well, but like, what's your secret? And it's going to be like, Spaco. that is hilarious. And it's so <laughs> funny. And, and Brett, he's one of those where you know how residency is orthopedic surgery this is a plug for ryan when i say orthopedic surgery is the hardest residency to get it is and you got to work your tail off and to get and to get it is hard residency. to get through it is even harder and like most people don't realize it, that they think like you get there and then it's coasting oh oh gosh no it's so no one understands and like i mean oh there there uh, there was a moment there was a moment when I talked to my program director, I talked to my parents, my mom, who oh. watches every episode. By the way, I think she's the first one to watch every episode. She, she texts me. Oh, my me. gosh. I've never met you. I want to meet your mom. Oh, she's amazing. And she'll be like, Ryan, great episode this morning, as always. She's like, now I know. And the, the one Now text, she knows. She goes, now I know who's going to do my bunion surgery. It was right after Dr. Colonna's. Anthony, yes, yes, yes. So I was like, hey, that's where I sent all my patients. Yep. He You're always an niece. advocate for Anthony, you uh, know. So like he, she, yep. he will definitely be doing And I love that. And you have confidence in yourself that you can recommend other people for the right job. Oh, my God. And There's we are all in this together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hips and knees. You go yeah. around, you're crazy. No kidding. But yeah, no, it's not true. Really. It's true. So. We're going to get to that. Um, but... Um, where were we at with this? Um, where were we at with this? Where were we? What were we talking about? I'm still thinking about Enchantment Resort. I know. Is, oh, oh, my gosh. The, we're so held the, up. The five and ten years. Like, where are you going to yes. be? So yeah. you're talking about building, like, the regional. The men's health aspect. Yeah, yeah, mental. health. So there yep. are so many things that I had because I did an allopathic pathway in medicine. I have, like, preconceived notions about certain things. And there are so many things that we're learning functionally that are true. And I'm going to say it here today. Um, there are things down to whatever heavy metals are in your diet, like zinc and selenium, that are very important. Um, but men's health is very important. I was always concerned about testosterone replacement, something simple like that. And testosterone replacement builds bones. Um there is no evidence whatsoever that it would increase your risk of prostate cancer, which is one of my primary concerns, is weighing the benefits versus the risks yeah. and things like that. And so people I'm make hoping, those assumptions, right? Right. Right. And so there's a lot of functional cancer? things. Anything there? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, and you know, I encountered something with myself personally with estrogen replacement, too. I went to Cleveland Clinic. And... They didn't want to replenish my estrogen. I'm menopausal. I'm 50, but I'm menopausal because of all the chemo that I had. And um, they didn't want to replace my estrogen because of the cancer risk. And had they delved a touch further into what the cancer risk is with estrogen replacement, they would realize that the receptor that estrogen replacement targets is actually anti-cancer and has, will not grow your estrogen-related cancer. Mine was triple negative, so I had no receptors, so there's no risk whatsoever for me uh. replenishing estrogen. So anyway, I went to a great local doctor, Dr. Hancock, who, thank goodness, is educated. Um, and 
knows the latest data on estrogen replacement in post-cancer patients. And that segues into how Erie is such a great place. You're not always going to get the greatest care out of town. Look to your Erie doctors, your Meadville doctors, people locally, because they've had the training they needed, but they care about your community more than someone out of town, maybe even Cleveland Clinic. You know, I've never really looked at it that way when people always ask me, like, why did you build your practice in Meadville? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you live in Erie. Why wouldn't you, like... You're serving your community. Number one, they're like, why'd you move from Detroit? You're a big right, metro. Right, right. I was like, well, I was moving home. And they're like, but Meadville. I'm like, because I'm a community guy. Yeah, you right? are. Like, that's where I was born. That's where I was raised. And, and I want to be able to... care prov- about that community. I do. I mean, that's like, my dad taught there for 30 some years. My that's dad... Huge. My whole family's community people. That means he knows everybody that grew up in that community. <laughs> yeah, they probably had him as a teacher. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean... It, we grew up outside of Meadville. My dad and my mom have been lifelong members of the, the Townville community and all the community events. Like my dad started the community Townville old home days like 53 wow. or 54 years ago. He was the guy. He was wow. the chairperson. He's been the chairperson for 54 years. That's or incredible. Years. That's incredible. He founded the uh, local volunteer ambulance department. They did not have an That's ambulance inc- oh my before my dad and his colleagues started it and what a community-centric background you have it's all volunteer too right not not one he was the treasurer for the volunteer ambulance service up until last year for what an example he set for you so like if if i can't give and do for my community and and i'm just going to give a real quick plug to our nonprofit that travis and i that golf outing yes that's just our fundraiser but i love that you do that our, our our the nonprofit organization isn't about doing golf or playing golf. It's about raising funds so that we can give less fortunate families. Um, And our events have all been holiday, Christmas-oriented events. They're wonderful. This will be our fourth annual where we've fed well over 300 families each and every year, um, giving away over 300 350 stockings each and every year to kids. That's incredible. A dozen bicycles last year. And then we did 300 some family gift back baskets with like board games, Scrabble, Monopoly, this, that. It was just like not going to give you technology. And then the basic necessities to the kids and their stockings, which like kids, we'll give them something fun, but like toothbrushes. Oh, yeah. Just like things. I'll take a free toothbrush. Yeah. And and like you want things like promoting self health. So. But Kim, it's been awesome. It's been amazing having you on here. Um, you know, I, you live right next door. Oh my gosh! You and I, I were know. talking kind of offline that we need to do this more often. Yeah. Brett, yourself, Karen, and I need to get out to dinner. Yes, we do. And uh, looking yep. forward to our time in Sedona. I am too. I cannot wait. And Chandler, I that's going to be awesome. Wait. So, for our viewers out there, if they want to get in touch with you and see your services, what you have to offer, yeah, how would they get in touch with you? It's so easy. So what we do is we have a phone number that you can text or call because people are at work busy trying to multitask as we all are. So it's just, you just call 814-860-4995 and you can text to, um, I have a website, spagoerie.com. If you need to look there to get our phone number, it's fine. Um, But we have the best staff ever. We are non-judgmental, even though I'm a judger different type my of judger, personality right? type it's different yeah. i'm weighing things um benefits versus risk and all that good stuff but anyway yeah we're uh, you know 
ask us anything. It doesn't matter. We're here to serve the community. And that's kind of what you do too. And that's what I love. And that's why we went out to be independent because if you have something based in Pittsburgh, you may not be serving the Erie community or the Meadville community. Or I know a lot of people that travel to see you, a ton of people. They're like, I'm seeing Dr. Molly. I'm going to Meadville for my surgery because he's the best. And it's because he owns his own business, so he is solely responsible for the care he provides. And that's what we aim to do, too. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's your reputation I on the line. I love it. It's your reputation's on the line for and, your and, business. And who you are, Kim Mesha, who I am, Ryan Molly, yep. how our parents raised us. So yeah. Um, Thank you again. Yeah, that was the best. This is awesome. So much Thank fun. you guys for tuning in. Yeah, again, make you. sure to subscribe. Make sure to share. Hang in there. And thanks again. Tell me all about it, Doc.